Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we get Jay Bell's post-WrestleMania thoughts. I know you guys were looking for it last week. Wheeler, Utah joins the Blackpool Combat Club. Cody and Seth are going to get their rematch. We have New Japan Hyper Battle results. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Hey, K-Fabe, baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. K-Fabe, baby, I got your money. And making his triumphant return, sitting to my left, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Oh, shit. It's good to be back, boys. Good to be back. On that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 252, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart says, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity a bit far. First things first, I got to give shouts out to the boys, to Tinder Mahal. I did listen last week. Good job by all. You got Grandel wrestling in. That was the big thing that I wanted you guys to talk about. And then from there, you guys can talk about WrestleMania. Um, just good to be back. Uh, you know, it was a little weird being downtown, watching the Cardinal baseball. But, you know, a couple drinks in, a couple shots in. It got being used to the way I remember the home openers. It was really fucking fun. It was like walking into the uh, – the uh, Roman Coliseum and you looked up it was just like a sea of fucking red and people were just already starting to get wound up and shit it was like 245 they brought out the fucking Cardinal Legends the whole shebang it was it was a really good fucking time Ozzy threw out the first pitch to Willie is that right or is the other other way around I think it was the other way around and Carl's got a W, too, so that was pretty good. Nine Madden player. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beer, Zach Pullman. What's going on, Two Beer? BF West in the house. Oh, man, uh, feeling a little under the weather. It is uh, kind of what you would expect Portland to be like, uh, rainy and gray. Uh, but uh, occasionally it will hail, and then the sun will shine, and then it will hail again, and the sun will shine. So um, apparently this isn't normal, so. I just moved here during uh, climate change. I was going to say, this anyway, sounds like St. Louis just minus the hell. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, exactly. We're going to get through the podcast, even though uh, half my household is sick and I'm, I'm coming down. So but, it's, uh, but yeah, we're going to make it happen. That, I mean, that that is the true professional that he is. We're coming at you from my back deck in St. Charles, Missouri. It is sunny. It is not cold. I wouldn't say it's warm, though, but it is sunny, and uh, the sun is out. So... You know, without further ado, like I said, everybody missed you last week, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was say, you know I listened right, okay? It wasn't like a, motherfuckers was clamoring over my shit. Like, yeah, but... Oh, Zach I, is gone. I miss him so. I'm talking, I'm talking about the listener. I'm talking about the listener. I did say to Tender Mahal last week a couple times, let's not speak for Jason. <laughs> Thank you. Let's not speak for Jason. There's He's a couple times it's like, wait a minute, motherfucker. What did he, you say? He can speak for himself. So, uh, without further ado, let's get to that three count. JCB, what's the one count? I guess the one count is uh, me reviewing WrestleMania for last week. Obviously, like I said, I was in uh, Bush Stadium for last week's pod, and 
I did listen to the episode. I'll just try to keep this as compact and sweet as possible. Um, the two nights of WrestleMania, I thought ultimately were good. Uh, it wasn't like I was pissed off about watching both nights. I thought night one was clearly superior than the second night, and we'll delve into that in a little bit. For me, the match of the weekend for WrestleMania weekend was Becky and Bianca. I thought they did another amazing job between them. It was a nine-month story that finally had a nice culmination. I was obviously wrong about Becky winning, but for me, it was a coin flip. It didn't matter one way or the other. I think the right woman went over, and they told an amazing story on the way. Cody returning, obviously, is probably the second biggest uh, takeaway for me for WrestleMania weekend. I had said that they needed to make him feel like a star in every humanly way possible, and his WrestleMania entrance was nothing short but star-making. He came back with his old music, his Homelander gear. If you ask me, Cody Rhodes wins. Cody Rhodes won WWE nothing in that scenario. He bet on himself, came back, and ultimately got the big contract and the the, uh, the years that he wanted. Um I guess we can go with a couple of negatives, the couple of big negatives for me. Uh, AJ and Edge was really disappointing. Uh, I put a lot of stock into that for night two. And Damian Priest coming out is is okay, but AJ really shouldn't be stopping and taking a look and seeing it as Damian Priest. I get it for television purposes, but for a, hype that, uh, for a match that had a lot of hype in my head, it fell ultimately short. Um, felt like an angle and not a match. Right. That w- that felt more like something that should have been on Raw than versus a WrestleMania match. Um, Roman Brock was anti-climatic, I guess, for lack of a better word. I get the right guy went over, but just the way – if this was the way they scripted it, this is their plan, I just ugh, I just don't like the execution. It just doesn't – feel right it doesn't seem right i'd rather roman be you know god forbid be legitimately hurt and then you know we go through that versus you know this fake injury that we got going on Um, so you hope that a guy that beat cancer left for a while came back and now he's on top of the company you would have rather him been shoot hurt than the way that it went down it it would have felt more legit for everything they put into that. You heard it here first, everybody. Jay Bell hopes that Roman Reigns. I know you relapses. Can, look, you not saying as many people as you wish death on. I wouldn't. You ain't got no business talking about anything over there, anybody. I guess the two controversial parts with this, where I'd have to disagree with my esteemed panel, is obviously the celebrity matches. Um, don't get me wrong. I get it. Stone Cold comes back. It's great. You know, the masses lose their shit. I will say that I like night one set up a lot better than night two. Kevin Owens is, once again, amazing to do, do what he did and set it up to where, you know, I want it, I lied. I want this match. I want it to be a no-holds-barred match, and all hell breaks loose. I love that. That's cool. So you were cool with night one? Night one was cool. When you brought Vince McMahon out, and now he has a, a you know an impromptu match with McAfee and he beats him. I'm just like, okay, you know, enough's enough. I don't even know if we talked about Vince actually winning the match. Okay, last week. see that? Yeah, we we bypassed <laughs> it, that nonsense and jump right to Vince but, and Stone Cold. But McAfee and get, all, McAfee and Austin Theory. No, look, Pat McAfee, Logan Paul, 
if either one wants to legitimately be a WWE superstar, they have a future in front of them, especially Logan Paul. He's got heel written all over him. He might even come back and face Miz down the line. For me, Austin and McMahon, that felt like a Raw segment. Even though I get it, it's 19 years away for Austin. It just felt it's like it was Raw. It was a lot of fun, Jason. Okay, look. What you consider fun, and I'll bring up Jackass in this because this is my other problem with that. Oh, yeah, I think okay. Jackass is fun. All right. You're talking to a guy that doesn't necessarily watch Jackass. I'll watch it if it's on, but I don't go out and seek it out. Sure. Okay, so if I'm saying that these things in night two ultimately make me like it less and I give it a lower grade, that's not because, you know, I'm in the wrong. It's because it doesn't interest me. No, I get it. No, I, Listen, I... I, now, I, you guys are snickering me like, oh, I can't believe you I gave just, it a I just said, I said, I, go far, go I, said I can't believe anybody didn't like the Austin part. I didn't say anything about the jackass. I didn't say anything about you not liking the jackass. No, In fact, when it came I, think down that, to I, think I, I think that I said... I'm a white guy born in 1979. Of course that. I love Jackass. Okay. Of course I love okay. Jackass. So when you came with the letter grade, he was like, you were like, you know, Jason gave night one a B and night two a C. And you, you and Joey were like, well, I can't believe he gave them that. You got two of the I matches. I can't believe. I, you got two of the matches I don't like on the same night. Edge and AJ is a, a – a brain is basically a, a failure, and yeah. then you cap it off with Roman and uh, Roman and uh, Brock. What yeah, would, I'm going to say it's less. What would you give the event as a whole? B. Okay, so that's pretty good. It was way better than I anticipated. Night one was way better. Night, because I night, thought one, was, night one legitimately ruled. Ruled, yeah, for sure. There was very few times where I was just like, okay, this sucks. Okay, this sucks. Charlotte and Ronda was was what it was. I just don't think they have good chemistry together. They need to get them apart. Ronda kind of sucks. They, they also had the tough... They were in a tough spot of following Cody Seth, and the, which, which was followed, a classic. Which followed Bianca and... Uh, Becky Lynch. So, yes. I mean, in that scenario, they probably should have just moved that to a night two or whatever and just kind of separated, but neither here nor there. Ultimately, I liked WrestleMania. I agree with you guys. It's the first WrestleMania that I've, I legitimately liked in a long, long time. Uh, probably yes. three or four years of WrestleMania. Yeah. This is the first, this is the best two night WrestleMania they've had so far. Easily. At that point, like I said, I don't really have too much more to disagree with you about or add on to it. It, it was. Better than I anticipated. It just lacked in certain spots. Roman and Brock, obviously. AJ and Edge. The uh, Street Profits, that uh, triple threat match was really good. You were talking major shit on it before the the actual event itself. So, I mean, it just, it kind of just takes it. It's sometimes we just have to step back and just let things unfold. I'm guilty of that myself. So, in that scenario... I got to give WWE credit. When it was time for them to step up, especially with Cody, they stepped it up. A little disappointed on other th- other things. But outside of that, man, like I said, I don't feel like it was a waste of two nights. Now, I'm going to ask you one more thing, and I want to ask Zach's feedback on this too. I'll ask you first because you haven't. But with a little bit of hindsight, so we're we're almost two weeks out, looking back on it, what did you think about Logan Paul doing the three amigos into the frog splash on the Mysterios? That's that's when I looked around. I was like, God damn, he can do this shit. He well, could be legitimately. He's a legitimately good athlete. But now he, I think he gets the psychology of wrestling. If I mock Eddie Guerrero in front of a pro Eddie Guerrero crowd, that's going to get a reaction. I mean, in front of his son. 
Dominic. Dude, it was good. Yeah, you ain't shit. <laughs> it was literally like rubbing the nose in people's faces of the shit, and he gets it. I think the fact that he he's already a disliked person outside of WWE is something that was already natural with to him. They maybe told him to do this or another thing, and he just it looked natural. He was one of the better heels of the two nights. Zach, with about two weeks, I mean, looking back on it, because that's the one that's the one moment when I'm like, God damn, that is a heat seeking missile, dude, <laughs> to have Logan Paul do the three amigos into the frog splash. I was like, uh oh. Zach, any thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean I was I was marking out when he started doing the three amigos and he did them so well and then he gets to the top rope and he does that chest shimmy and I just stood up off the couch and said, Excuse me <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, any final thoughts on WrestleMania? thirty uh, 30- I yeah, that's was- the 38. Uh, no, like I said, good show. Uh, it was really just way better than I anticipated. I'm glad to have Cody back, and I'm ready to see what happens from this point moving forward. All right. Now on the current shit, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. All right, two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count. We got some uh, A-Dub stuff. Uh, first of all, A-Dub news. Um Replays of Dynamite and Rampage are now streaming on New Japan World, so some added value to uh, New Japan World, which is pretty wow. dope. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he announced that either late last week or it was the front part of this week. Tony it was Con- last week. Tony yeah, Con- it was last week on Busted Over Radio. And I just turned on uh, New Japan World to uh, put, because I haven't had a chance to watch uh, Hyper Battle yet, and I put it on, and they're on there right now. So. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool, and uh, yeah, so we can talk about Rampage as it relates to Dynamite, just for the sake of brevity, uh, we can reference it. But uh, yeah, uh, CM Punk tweeted out, uh, mentioned a bunch of dudes, and said, uh, "Anybody want to fight on Twitter?" And it was Penta Oscuro uh, who uh, took him up on that challenge. So they had a fun opener in the middle that was a little wonky. Um, I think uh, I, I like like started doing some lucha stuff. Like he did like that Arabian moon salt into the arm drag. I was like, oh, it was like Punk wants to do lucha here with uh, with Pinta. And then I think he went for the Frankensteiner off the top because he did it like a couple minutes later, but like he slipped and then he was like selling his knee. And then they like talked a whole bunch and then they did like a corner spot where they talked some more and like Pinto whipped him and then he just fell down. And I was like, is he actually hurt? Or like, what? I was like, is this, or is this I, match I thought like, he was falling actually apart? Hurt. I didn't do. I was just really um, kind of uh, dumbfounded because then he was like, fine. And I, I just think they, I don't know, we're on different pages. Any language barrier, I have no idea. But uh, oh, uh, aside from that, it was a uh, super fun opener and CM Punk uh, gets the win, uh, taps him out with... Um, with the uh, old, uh, I know he's at the Anaconda Dota Vice. And then Anaconda Vice, yeah. Uh, I was into this match. I My first thought was, why aren't they saving this match for something down the line that could count for something? But I'm also, then I kind of checked myself, and I was like, you know, 
AEW is so good at putting on matches that you want to watch on a week-to-week basis, and you never know how long you're going to have these guys. You never know when something's going to happen to Penta, like happened to Phoenix, or when Punk, I mean, Punk could have hurt his knee, and then you never would have seen those two guys face each other ever again. So I'm fine with it going on uh, without a story, really. I mean, it was 13 minutes. If they feel like coming back to it at some point, they could. They left some things on the table. That could end up uh, making the match better. It seems like seeing a punk opens up dynamite a lot. I agree. Um, to me, I think the story was to to build CM Punk as the legitimate number one contender. There was not ever a number one contenders match, but now he's facing guys in that top five range. Penta, obviously, from last night. I didn't know this was thirteen minutes. It felt like twenty. I mean, and that's not a bad thing. I just thought that this match really engrossed me in the crowd was hot off the bat man the crowd like the, jesus the crowd was hot the whole time yeah for sure i was gonna say this is i think arguably one of the best AEW crowds i've seen since uh dynamite has started but the crowd was into it which i think got the the guys into it minus Where the were wonky, they were in new orleans yeah minus the uh the, the wonky spot like two beer set in the middle i thought this was a really good match and like i said for me the the takeaway is this is just building up Punk for, you know, tomorrow night's uh, Texas Death Match. Or oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, the winner of that will obviously get Punk, and that's building up for that match, whenever that is. For sure. What was next, Zach? Uh, we had a video package, Chris Jericho and Jericho Appreciation Society showing up uh, in a private jet, as one does when one is a sports entertainer. And um, <laughs> then they uh, come out, and they're being – uh, picked up by <clears throat> 2.0, but it uh, looks like uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, Proud and Powerful have uh, demolished them or yelling at them out of the car window, and they have stolen um, one of their shoes, uh, not Matt's shoes. Uh, they just changed their name. So, Angelo Parker, is that it? Yeah, it sounds right. I don't know. Yeah. So, they stole the shoes, and uh, that's up for the sixth man. Uh, which we can talk about here whenever we get to it. But um, we had Jurassic Express uh, versus Red Dragon in a awesome team title match. Uh, this thing was great. Really, uh, they were bumping all over for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, making them both look strong, uh, which is cool because they retained. Uh, so, you know, making the champs look good. And really, I feel like the highest, the, the, the unsung hero of this match uh, was Bobby Fish. He was just always in the right place at the right time. Um, there was one dive where Jungle Boy just launched himself out, and there was, like, nobody there, and, like, Bobby Fish, like, <laughs> Let me step in here. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, what, a, what an absolute pro. Um, just super cool. Uh, so, this was a really fun match, and then, you know, they were all over the place. Lots of classic Red Dragon heel shenanigans. You know, they're really good about undercutting people and, and, you know, snagging the guy off the ropes before the hot tag. But there was, like, there was two hot tags in this. Like, Jungle Boy got a hot tag, and Luchasaurus got a hot tag. And, um, yeah, ended up uh, being, uh, they did their um, big finisher. I'm just terrible about remembering finisher names right now. It's that it's that suplex powerbomb thing. I don't know if they even have a name for it. Thoracic uh, yeah, Express? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. God, how could I not remember that? But, uh, yeah, I think kind of the story no here, idea. besides 
besides the loss um, for them was FTR coming out uh, whenever they went back up the ramp, but they made a big deal about FTR being the double crown champions, the ROH and triple A tag champs. So even though I kind of expected Red Dragon to take the title here uh, because it would have been cool uh, because they're a great team. I really think that they're about to put them on FTR and have like this big triple crown thing because FTR is having uh, the month of their career right now. So uh, it's a, I think they cap it off with a, with a title win. Well, what do you guys think? Jason made a face when you said that you thought that Red Dragon was going to take the belts. I did too. Jason, why'd you make that face? Uh, Red Dragon doesn't feel like that team, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they're a great team, but I just didn't feel like this was the spot. You know what I'm saying? It just didn't feel like there was an, enough of a build, enough of a, a big match feel. I mean, don't get me wrong. They built to the match, but it just didn't feel like this was the time to pull the trigger. That just It was just my opinion. And don't get me wrong. What you think of the match? I thought the match was great. Okay, Bobby Fish, when healthy, is a great Bobby Fish, and I tweeted that last night. And I thought, I'm not saying he was the MVP of the match, but there was a lot of the Avalanche Falcon Arrow off the top is one of my favorite I moves. Mean, that was badass. And, you know, he landed, yeah. and I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, now we're talking. He's not young either. No, and that's why that's why I think makes such a big difference is because, like. He might be older than me. Going back to NXT when they were Undisputed Era and – you know, Fish was constantly hurt. It kind of took away from the group dynamic. You know what I'm saying? So it helped Kyle O'Reilly, obviously, because he ended up going on the singles and, you know, had a decent little singles run. But for me, Red Dragon is that team. And especially with Bobby Fish being healthy, I thought makes a world of difference. Bobby Fish was born in 1976. He's three years older than me. God damn, he's 45. And he's doing that. I did not, I did not think he was that old, but... What? Okay, well, maybe good. no. You look great, you yeah. know. And, it, and like I said, to me, at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to like FTR now is you know might be in the way, Bucks or somebody else that we're probably not. Th- I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. That's going to be the team that ultimately takes it from uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. This is their sixth defense. They've had it over a hundred days. So I mean, I think they're building them up to fall to someone, Moxley, Danielson, Hardys. They're building up the champs so when they do fall, they fall to a team that, you know, picks up the mantle and has to run with it. Which I appreciate. But, I mean, the fact is is that AEW has a babyface tag team that is more popular than their babyface tag team champs in FTR. And Zach's right that FTR – I mean, FTR, it's like everybody was just waiting to cheer FTR because when they just showed the first little hint of turning babyface, all of a sudden they are massive off-the-charts babyfaces. They ha- they hold both those other belts, and I thought that putting it on Red Dragon, especially ahead of this Adam Cole-Adam Page match, which I do think that Adam Cole is going to win. I'm going to double down on it. I think that Adam Cole is going to take it off of Adam Page on Friday night. I think that having... The Undisputed Elite, or whatever they call themselves, uh, having all three belts sounded kind of cool. And then you have Red Dragon versus FTR. You have FTR in chase mode and Jurassic Express. They had a nice little run, but they are not your premier tag team. Jungle Jack Perry is going to be a massive babyface single star someday someday down the line. 
no fucking doubt. But they had a hundred. You told me it's a hundred days just now. I didn't know that. It's like that's okay. That's cool. That's I think that's long enough. That 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 division is so fucking stacked with tag teams that I think that Jurassic Express is not really the team that needs to have it. That's what I think. Anyway. I'm not going to disagree and say just that, my two cents. Not going to disagree and say the tag team division is stacked. Steve, you want to see that? I'm just saying that for me. There is a team that's out there that they're going to fall to. Red Dragon is not that team. I don't have a problem with Red Dragon and FTR for the ROH titles. It makes total fucking sense. Let's see what happens from that point. But like I said, for me, when I w- watched the match, I kind of knew in my heart of hearts that the champs were going to retain. All right. So up next, we can kind of dive back into uh, Rampage also. What was up next, Zach? Uh, yeah, next was a uh, video package, like a recap of uh, Wheeler Yuta becoming a star and then a backstage segment with the Blackpool Combat Club. So, yeah, going back into Rampage, what a fantastic, like, star-making performance by Wheeler Yuta. I mean, you had Brian Danielson going out there and really making him look good in a loss, and the crowd was so behind him in that Brian Danielson match. And then it was even more so with the Moxley match. And they, they bled uh, just absolute fight. Uh, you know, anytime, uh, you know, Yuta, like, kicked out of, like, not only the Paradigm Shift, but the Death Rider, and this crowd was losing their minds. I was losing my mind. Uh, this was, like, just so quintessential example of how to put a guy over in a loss and how to bring him into the fold of what is dude. Like they're the premier like stable in wrestling right now. Like that is the most exclusive, uh, cool, awesome group of people. Like they are, how could they not, not be? Name the, <laughs> they, yeah, they are not named the elite, but that is the elite. And just the fact that Wheeler Utah is in on that is such a huge rub. Uh, but yeah, I love this. It was it was fantastic, and now they're gonna have a th- uh, a three way six man tag, not three way six man tag, just a six man tag Ooh. with the Gun Club coming up, <laughs> who are <laughs> who are undefeated, the undefeated Gun Club. So. Yeah, they said they're twenty five and oh, what e- the fuck? Exactly. I've seen them wrestle like twice. Exactly. Uh, Jason, what do you think? What you think of the Wheeler Utah? The just yeah, the week yeah. the week that was for Wheeler Utah. For me, and I've said it on. I the, say Utah like it's Johnny Utah. Yeah. It's, it's Wheeler <laughs> Utah. Yeah, I was about to say it's point break up yeah, in this I motherfucker. Um, I knew about Wheeler Utah coming into this. I've seen him in multiple different promotions, so it's not necessarily the surprise per se. For me, I think <laughs> the the surprise, and I want I shouldn't even call it a surprise. To me, the the. The angle, I guess, is you never really had anybody to put Wheeler Yuta over to make him the star that we think he is right now. Moxley and Danielson are two of the best people that you can imagine to put in the ring with them and have a series of matches, especially Moxley. I love how they kind of said, you know, the first match was a blowout, the second match got closer, and now you have this match. You didn't have anybody on New Japan strong to put him over. You didn't really have anybody in ROH to put him over. MLW, same thing. 
when he got to AEW, you got this massive fucking, you know, stack roster. Pick a guy that you want to will you to the face, and he can start making him into the star that we think he is. In this scenario, I was surprised a couple of times that he kicked out. I was like, okay, this is it. It's over. He kicked out. I'm like, what the yeah, that, fuck is that this? Death Rider at the end. Yeah, was, I was like, okay, this is it. He what? kicked out of it. He didn't even wait very long either. He kicked out of it right on two. two and I yeah, thought good. that Moxley was like, nah, I'm going to give you a little bit of business here. No, good. No, good on him. <laughs> that, but the, I want them to kick out on two emphatically. Don't wait. You know, to me, it's like the kick out on one. You know, it's like, you know, I still got some glass in the tank. Same concept. Will Uter was put over in a major way on Friday night, and it's going to hopefully bleed on over moving through. Was he called Wheeler Yuta in yeah. New Japan Strong mm-hmm. and yeah. ROH? Yeah. Yeah, right. he's always been Wheeler Yuta. So this is a guy that I, I liked a whole bunch when I first saw him. I never really got while he was with the best friends. I'm not... I think it's because they were, like, the only reason that was the case, because even that kayfabe storyline, I'm pretty sure that was, like, accurate like they're like real life friends and he was living on because uh, gotcha. um what's his name chuck and chuck and orange lived together in uh like baltimore i think um, philadelphia philadelphia but he you know i i liked him i was never down on him um he was he would not be the one that i would have thought and a name that hasn't even been brought up yet is william regal but he was not one that i would have thought they would have brought into this stable. It just he just probably wouldn't he I know he's not very small, but he kinda seems to me like a like a super junior or something like that, you know, yeah. in terms of his size and in terms of his sure. style. But I mean when if William Regal I mean, for them to pick him out, I have to think that that is just as much William Regal, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley's decision as it is Tony Khan's. I'm I'm sure when William Regal came in, Tony Khan kind of deferred to him and said, you know, who who else do you want? And William Regal probably looked at the roster and said, I want Wheeler Yuta, which I think is pretty cool. So that's as, that's that's good enough of endorsement for me because it doesn't seem like he's being shoved down our throats. It seems like he's a – I mean, I think I, I looked him up. I think he was born in 97 or something. It's He's a super young guy that's obviously got a lot of upside. And, I mean – as long as he doesn't fuck it up, he's pretty much a made man from here on out. It's the same thing with FTR. You were talking about the segment beforehand. It's an organic babyface build, and I think that's what, for me personally. Although I'm, ditching your babyface brethren to go with this new faction, it it's kind of heelish. Kind of heelish. Yeah, it's kind of heelish. But he, he I did feel like, say, I feel like they're all kind of heelish. Like they they are very much tweeners. Um, the best the friends love them so much. No, no, no. The Blackpool Combat. Oh Club. yeah, Blackpool Blackpool Combat Club. They're they're not babyface. They're not heel. They're tween. They're true tweeners because they're going to get cheered and they don't do anything necessarily heelish. I'm just saying Wheeler Yuta leaving his stable to go to this other stable because they're just cooler. Man, it, he said it was about business, yeah. dog. That's what I say. Let that man be the better wrestler he can be. I ain't mad about that shit. Get I just your money. I just want to say that my, you know my. Uh, my condition that I have where 
I don't know the difference between two tag team wrestlers. Right. When I was writing down who Brian Danielson was fighting on Rampage, I fast forwarded through the beginning and I caught I started watching the match like kind of in the middle and I wrote down Chuck Taylor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was Chuck Taylor. And then at the end they were like, Brian Danielson over Trent Breda. I was like, Oh Whoa. well, my Scratch bad. That out. <laughs> can't tell Nothing t- to see here. Can't people. tell tag team. You know you know what's funny though? No, I'm not even gonna make this joke. Uh, <laughs> I bet you like to tell the black tag team apart. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. It's something like I was gonna say. About to say, who the street prophets, motherfucking name? I, I know them. I know which one's which. There's the good one and the really good really, one. Yeah, right. It's the one that's okay. And the one that's gonna be a major star in like two or three years. Right. Speaking of uh, people with similarities, uh, we had a uh, backstage segment with Jamie Hader and Tony Storm, and there's something in common there. Mm. Um, Jamie mentioned it. Oh yeah, that was because they wrestled all over the world. Oh yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. That thing. yeah that, that's the thing. That's yeah. similar I can tell them. the difference between those two. <laughs> 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 Man, but, you're about to uh, get me caught up. <laughs> I do think that it's hilarious that Tony Khan booked this match because you know that's what like everybody's thinking. Um, you know, it's just like if they would put like Tony Storm, it's like she was in NXT and they put her against the Keita Lions or yeah. something. If she so, was still around, she'd uh, probably have to drop, you know, drop a match to her. But I, I, I would watch that. The only thing I can say about this is I wish this was the finals versus the first round match. But it's going to be a great first round match. Yep, I agree. It will be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not much to say. We'll see the match. Um, then we had a superlative segment of MJF versus Captain Sean Bean. Uh, Captain Sean Bean already holds a disqualification victory over MJF. Uh, the whole thing with Wardlow coming week after week to destroy security guards and break his way into the building in order to get at MJF physically is all, like that's just good pro wrestling and just everything about this. Every single person in this like segment like got over, including the referee. Like it was just <laughs> so well done. And uh, you know, so the thing is, is MJF beating up Sean Dean, he's outside, uh, you know, got a plan to the fans, and Wardlow comes up behind him, and so MJF's running from him, uh, a bunch of security guys have to come down and hold him, and MJF's out of the ring, Bryce Rimsburg is counting him out, and at the nine count, MJF, like, grabs a microphone and pleads with Bryce Rimsburg and says that he will pay him three times, whatever Tony Khan pays him. Uh, to not count fan and Bryce Windsor looks like he thinks about it for a second. And he's like, yeah, I ring the bell. Talk and the bad. whole crowd just like pops so hard. So now MJF is um, another loss uh, from Captain Sean Dean, which is like a really fun story because like, of course, Sean Dean is not in a position to actually be getting legitimate wins over MJF. But you have this continued thing where like now he's a thorn at MJF's side and you know that MJF is going to, want to come back to that and get his win back. So when they actually do have a match and Sean Dean is getting these near falls, the crowd is going to be so hot for it. Uh, so everything about this was just fantastic pro wrestling. I loved it. So. Also, you know, if Sean Dean keeps getting these fluky wins, he's going to get wins, and then may, he might be up for like a TNT title shot or something. You know, it's okay with me. One of my favorite things about this segment, and by the way, the crowd just keeps getting hotter and hotter for Wardlow. The crowd really wants to see Wardlow get his hands on MJF. And when he finally does put in the right position, like leading off a pay-per-view or something, it's going to be 
huge, and that's probably where I would do it. I would probably do it at the front of a pay-per-view just to make sure that the crowd is just completely so jacked for it. Um, MJF did one of my favorite things ever here where he acted like he couldn't zip down his <laughs> zipper with Sean Spears, and Sean Spears, Sean Spears was helping him. And I was like, ah, you know what? I bet he really can't get his zipper down. I was like, that would be fucking weird, you know? Like, it, like he'd eventually be like, man, I just I got like, wrestling my jacket. What's going on? <laughs> this is some shit. But he just fucking he worked everybody. He worked me. I thought I thought his zipper was actually fucked like, up. Okay. And then he just calmly unzips it. God, that oh, was fire. that was so good. That was major, no, major good stuff. MJF. You got to give the credit where the credit is due. Um, I thought it, this was a good segment. There, I say borderline great. There's. There's not too much you could really complain about this at this point, except if you just don't like the players involved. Sean Dean is getting over organically by getting wins over Spears and now MJF twice. You got um, Wardlow getting closer and closer to actually getting his hands onto MJF every week. You know, he breaks a barrier. You know, he couldn't get past backstage. You know, the week before he couldn't get, you know, past the guardrail. This week he's in the guard, over the guardrail, chasing MJF through the the ring or whatever, and it's taking 20 security guys to hold Wardlow back. So in this scenario, it just, you could see them, you know, inching us closer and closer to the ultimate, you know, payoff, which would be the match itself. I don't know if you can wait long enough to double or nothing to get there. That would be my guess. But if you can't, whenever it does happen, it's this crowd, wherever it is, is going to be going absolutely ape shit. Sean Spears is going to have his hands full trying to uh, run some fuckery to help MJF and it's you know, it should be a a good conclusion to their feud. But ultimately, like I said, I thought this match, this segment was really, really good. It was done well. The fact that you you had, like you said, uh, Bryce Rensburg, you know, debating on whether or not he was going to count 10 was a little over the top, but it got his point across. So in that scenario, I don't, I can't really complain too much about it. All jobs well done as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, then we had a uh, commercial break bookended by emo segments. Uh, one by Darby Allen, where he uh, suggested a coffin match with uh, Andrade Alidolo. So that's going to happen. Looks like, I think, that, that's next week on Dynamite, I believe. It is. It's next Wednesday. Um, somebody was saying this to me on Twitter. The other, I guess that was last night when I was, I was saying that I wasn't too enthusiastic about this because it just feels like this is a Darby Allen win. And they were saying, they replied back to me that, this is this could be like his little gimmick match or whatever where you can have him, you know, build feuds up and then ultimately, you know, the coffin match is, you know, his signature match like uh, the the uh, the Hardys have, the ladder match or whatever the case may be. Takers would be coffin match as well. I just I just want to see a good match. I just I'm a little disappointed in the way Andrade's been used. For me personally, I at least expected them to be chasing titles, not getting paid by MJF to have one of his associates take out fill-in-the-blank thorn inside of MJF. So that's just me. Like I said, um, not a huge you know fan of it, but you know, hopefully the ma- it's too good talent, so the match should be good. Just not a big fan of the stiff. You talking about the coffin match? Yes, sir. You know, I noticed this. Might be a surprise. I I tweeted about this earlier. Here's a hot take from Bill. You know, Darby and Hook are both kind of like young guys that like kind of seem kind of 
down in the dumps a little bit, you know. I think they should form a tag team and call themselves the Trenchcoat Mafia. Oh, my God. What do you think about that? <laughs> They're going to run around and start well, shooting up schools and shit. No, okay, no, 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 come on. It's almost 420. It's the anniversary of Columbine. I mean, pretty apropos timing. So. Okay, that, that, did I say trench coats to me means something's underneath that motherfucker. Now, what y'all I'm just, doing? I'm just saying. They, they, just, they just both seem like moody teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, man. They both, is Hook in his twenties? I, th- I, I think he's like in his early twenties, like twenty. I mean, 21. Hook, Hook looks and acts like my fifteen-year-old nephew. Like no shit, no shit. Yeah, but he he is in his early twenties. Um, but yeah, he looks young too. Oh yeah, totally. I was about to say, the man doesn't even have face for her, for Christ's sake. I've been waiting to tell that joke for a long <laughs> hours, hours, hours. So Where you, uh, you came back was like, "Where you at? Where you at?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got this joke. <laughs> I watched Dynamite at fucking uh, seven o'clock in the morning today, and I was like, "Oh," and I was like, "Ooh, a trench coat mafia." I was like, "I got a joke. <laughs> Let me write that down." <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I ruined that. <laughs> All right, what was next? Uh, so, yeah, the other bookend of the commercial break was uh, Malachi Black, who, uh, you know, said another bunch of nonsense like he does. Uh, it, was, it was pretty visceral. Uh, I think he said, if you slip my throat and you pull the flesh apart and reach into my neck, you will find a dark abyss of razor blades. blades. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> See, that turn left. What the fuck? Yeah. So, what's up, uh, what's up with the House of Black? I mean, are we in a, I guess, a, it's a just holding a hold, zone? Yeah, it's just a holding pattern. I mean, there's there's so much. They have so much fucking talent. And they have that tag team division is so fucking stacked that what are you going to do with the House of Black? It's like they've only been kind of moonlighting in the promotion the entire time, ever since the Malachi Black had that match with... Cody, pretty much, and Cody's but in yeah, WWE now. They are doing, um, they are doing that thing with um, Julia Hart, which I don't know if you noticed. You know, she's got the eye patch, but it looked like the other day she had um, some, uh, like a little bit of black, like makeup, like coming down uh, from the eye patch. Um, so I think that's like the slowest build. Uh, it's like. This thing's going to end up being like a crow sting. Like it's going to be like one year in the making as far as like what's going on with Julia Hart. Jesus Christ, man. We don't need one year of that shit. You know, six months is probably too long. Well, I mean, crow sting's not going to last very long, right? I mean, mean, he's not going to. So it's just a phase. He'll grow out of it. He's not going to. I mean,. I mean, the crow came out in what nineteen ninety four. He's not still going to be wearing crow makeup twenty eight <laughs> years later, is he? I mean, that would be ridiculous. It's just a phase, yeah, like, honey. It's just like, a phase. Imagine like a sixty three year old man in crow makeup. I mean, like it's, it's just stupid. I mean, not, who would ever buy that? <laughs> Jump, <laughs> jumping through tables. Like, there's no way. He's nah. Could you imagine a, a guy in the, in the, uh, crow makeup jumping off of a balcony just because you no. know why, why not? No, I mean. 
just not even wrestler. Just imagine some guy named Steve. <laughs> but I'd say your brother-in-law might be doing some silly shit like that. So let's not sit up here. I'd love just... to talk him into it. <laughs> right? But I'd say, hey, Steve, guess what? We got Talking this, to you, Steve. Right? We got this balcony over here. Shut up. What was next, right. Zach? Next, we had the six-man tag, uh, Kingston, Ortiz, Santana, and the Jericho Appreciation Society. So those, at, those dudes being the... Uh, uh, Jericho, Dan Griffey, and Jake Hager, so not 2.0. Uh, but this was a fun match as far as, like, um, just beat-down brawls go. You know, really surprised that they even did a lot of tagging and stuff uh, just because of the nature of this. But um, uh, essentially, the baby faces get screwed. Uh, Jericho uh, ends up uh, hitting Kingston with the bat, and... Uh, I think it was Hager um, doesn't or no, it was Garcia uh, ends up uh, pinning Eddie Kingston. So uh, that was interesting. And then there's a big post match beatdown, and uh, yeah, that's that. I don't know what this leads to. I guess I can't imagine it's over. I guess I just want to take I want to take the temperature of the pod right now. Where are we at on the Jericho Appreciation Society? Anybody? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see. Uh, I am uh, generally warm on it, uh, but I'm not like hot on them. But I am generally warm. I uh, just got to see, um, you know, what happens and and what they do. Uh, the segments are fun. Uh, the matches are are good. Um, you know, talented guys. Uh, so I just need to see like what kind of overall like value it adds to like Garcia. And like 2.0 for the most part because it does add value to the show. I do enjoy the segments. So even with a stacked card, um, they're usually still fun segments. Yeah, and Jericho should be on TV. The way that I think about it is is that follow me if you will (laughs) through this metaphor. Okay, (laughs) so it's like on one side of the shore is anonymity, and on the other side of the shore is being over. So. Uh, uh, Jake Hager and Jericho mostly, but Jake Hager was in the front of the canoe and Jericho was in the back. He was doing most of the steering and he's like, Hey, Guevara, uh, LAX. He's like, hop in the canoe. I'm going to take you from this side of the river to the other side. We're going to get you over. And then they went and got him over right as much as they could. And then they came back in the canoe and they were like, Hey, 2.0 Daniel Garcia, hop back in the canoe. And now they're doing the same thing because it's still five guys. It's still Jericho and Hager, and they come out to the same music. They should call them Inner Circle 2.0. Yeah, I mean, that's a very apt metaphor. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. I knew the English major would get it. Um, They they are the Inner Circle 2.0. I will give you that. It's five guys. I'll, I'll give you that part of the metaphor. The only part of the metaphor that I will not give you, and you know where I'm going with this, is Santana and Ortiz are not over. They are not. I refuse to sit here and let you say that and me not say anything at all. That first boat had a hole in it, and and Sammy Guevara swam over the shore and got there, and Santana Ortiz was still in the middle of that water. And I don't care what you – you can roll your eyes and be like, eh, all you want to. Look, every time I look up, they are catching the beat down from Jericho and or the Inner Circle and or the JAS. I don't want to hear it. They are not over. If they were over... Well, let's call that river the Rio Grande, and maybe they can just swim here. 
Oh my golly. <laughs> too much? Is that too much? <laughs> oh wow. Even, oh man! Even I got Zach saying, "Oh wow!" I'm, yeah, I, you know you fucked I'm, up. Yeah, no, yeah, I you apologize. know you fucked up. Here's you a habitual lion stepping. You. <laughs> I apologize. That's too much. I'm sorry. Let me do it right. Sorry, Michael Wallace Seals. Let me do this right. <clears throat> you ain't shit. That was wrong. Foul as fuck. But I didn't take away from my point. Santana or Santana Ortiz are not over. Not yeah, even but close. I think I, I don't know about that because if Santana Ortiz. We're in a tag title match tomorrow. Nobody would blink an eye. They'd be Please, like, oh, you need to blink an eye. All of a sudden, they're going to come out and have a, a tag team title match over all this the stacked roster that we have in the division. We just talked about it. They're part of them being at the bottom of the car. Them being at the Do bottom. Do the Hardys get deserve a title match before Santana Ortiz? No. Wow. Okay. That we, I don't even know why I'm going to continue down you this mean, road. And you mean I'm talking for about me personally? In, I'm talking about in the world in K-Fabe style. K-Fabe style. In AEW, does the Hardys deserve a title match before Santana Ortiz? Yeah, K-Fabe style, yeah. That's all I need to know. They're not over. Hardys are over. The Hardys are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. They're I'm one of the most famous tag teams okay, of all time. Look, when Santana oh, Ortiz, the Hardys are over. Oh, you think so, Doctor? When Santana Ortiz came over, we were all excited about it. This is going to be a great ad. This is going to be a great ad. Outside of the fact of them losing to the Bucks and losing to best friends in a, uh, a backyard brawl that ends up being, you know, fucking Trent's mom is one of the biggest stars of that. We hardly remember about Santana Ortiz. That's the two things you can remember about them. Outside of that, it's been fucking... Fucking, they're running around on fucking the Jacksonville Jaguars fucking stadium. Ortiz is taking some weird ass bumps. He ain't got no business taking. That is not what we brought them here for. They are a premier tag team, and you are not using them correctly. Period. I, I mean, those matches that you mentioned, like those are very memorable, and like they were like fantastic. Like that street fight was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stadium was fantastic, Ooh. and. I'm gonna think you're selling them short by saying they're not over because they're over. They are the not fans. over. They are. They're, they're over with have, the fans. Okay, everybody that's what, likes that's what it. being over. Is. That's all that being over is is being over with the fans. Who are they not over? You mean they're not over? Like they're not being used properly? They're not being used properly. That is. That's a booking problem. That's not an over problem. Okay, well then the booking sucks. Rusev Day was over. Rusev Day was over, but it was booked terribly. Fair. Okay. Same concept. Thank you. So, do you want to apologize for yelling at me? No. <laughs> all right. No, okay, so you fine. guys were playing too nice last week. I came back with some fucking venom shit. Oh. Fuck all that. <laughs> I mean, your WrestleMania takes were terrible then. Oh, I know you ain't. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> really? Of all people, you were over here taking a nice little dump on the Street Profits the week before we did predictions. This is going to be horrible. Can't believe they're going to do this. And then the week after, you're like, oh, yeah, that, 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 that match was really great. You no, know, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've okay. been wrong. Before, okay, dude, I so make a living off of being so wrong. So let's not sit over here and throw shade over me for me having bad WrestleMania takes. He without sin and all that other good shit. Bro, I got he bad takes. Real bad anyway. takes. Okay. That, welcome to my world, dude. Look, don't, don't mean I got to sit over yeah, here. Yeah, but you can't make fun of me for having bad takes. That's all I have. Look, I can make fun of you for having <laughs> bad takes because you intentionally do that shit sometimes. Other times you just say it and it's all your heart. Other times you just say so that shit to make You never answer my question. Where are you at on the Jericho Appreciation Society? They're they're okay. I, I want them to move away from Santana and Ortiz. Beat somebody else up. I, 
the fact that you're going to get, uh, you need to get Daniel Garcia over. I can appreciate that. You want to get two point over, two point oh over. I can appreciate that. Just do it on somebody else's dime. Okay, Please. what's next, Zach? Get him off. Uh, me. We had MGF. We had MGF backstage. Uh, basically, he had Mark, Mark Sterling uh, read the contract saying that he can book Wardlow in matches, so he's booking him against the Butcher of Hands. When did Smart uh, Mark Sterling start managing MJF? Like, did I? About that, he's just like his lawyer. He's he's been his when, lawyer for a while. When Moxley tricked MJF in their feud. Mark Sterling was MJF's warrior. Because when he showed up, I was like, what the fuck is he doing there? Tony Nese, when he, on, when he showed up on Rampage, Tony right? Nese, yeah, that's the one. I was like, what? That's cool. I like the idea of Smart Mark Sterling having a stable of people that aren't associated with each other. Yeah. I think that's cool. That's what that's a, that's yeah. what a lawyer is supposed to do. You're going to have a bunch of motherfuckers that ain't got shit to do with you know at anything in common, but he's the central piece on that. I have no problem with that. But Mark Sterling has a really... He was there when the Moxley mishap happened, when it was the contract. I can't remember the specifics. And then he went away, came back with Jade. We've seen him with Jade for a little bit. And then in bits and pieces, as this Wardlow um, angle has p- kind of progressed, you've seen more and more of Mark Sterling. Okay. Yeah, Mark Sterling's like Jeff Green and MJF, Larry David, and Jim Cargill, <laughs> Captain Griffin. So. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That was really yeah. good. <laughs> you said that. Um, and I good. didn't say MJF Larry David because they're both Jewish. It just works with the metaphor. So. <laughs> um, but uh, then we had uh, Marina Shafir and Sky Blue, and as hot as the crowd was for the entire rest of the show, they died. It was radio silence. I mean, you could hear those, uh, like, with the baddie bunch or whatever in the crowd. You could hear them yelling. Uh, at the match because they were the only ones making noise. Uh, but, I mean, I can't say Marina Shafir looked bad. It's just people weren't interested. I mean, she was throwing Sky Blue around. Uh, Sky Blue was throwing that cake around. Uh, I didn't mind it. It was short. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I feel like her presentation was like what I want out of Ronda Rousey. So I will say that they're doing like what I think they should be doing with her when she just comes out and kicks ass. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. But they they didn't give a shit at all about this. I mean, it's it's a hot crowd. There has to be a down point, and the down point is going to be sorry to say, a match between Marina Shafir, who's never had a match in AEW before, and Sky Blue, who nobody gives a fuck about. No, I won't say nobody gives a fuck about. It's just Sky Blue is is enhancement talent at this point, you right? Know, so she, nobody gives a fuck about her. That doesn't mean nobody gives a fuck. She's fairly popular. The problem I think is S A Jones. <laughs> the problem I think I think is is, is that, that there's, there's I say that right S D S D Jones S D Jones. Jones shit. Um, you don't have a a really big you know backing for Marina Shafir. You, I know they've been having her on dark and dark elevation, but I think that's kind of a problem because I'll just speak for myself. I don't watch either or. So for her to now be dropped in on Wednesday night against Sky Blue, who's not necessarily a name per se, like I said, to me, she's enhancement talent at this point. She does have, you know, a good skill set, but, you know, neither here nor there. You knew what was going to happen. The match just wasn't really good. Let's just call it for what it is. You know, there was a good front part, but then somewhere in the middle, it got a little clunky. 
I don't know whose fault it is at this point because it, you know, it looks like they're both a little inexperienced. You probably needed somebody in there with Shafir that is a veteran that can, you know, kind of guide this match through. And it wasn't even really a long match. It just it felt long because the the crowd wasn't into it, number one. When Shafir came out, you know, she had all the bells and whistles and nobody made a move. I was like, oh, this is not good. The match kind of suffered because of that. And like you said, the baddie section or whatever the case may be, shit, they were the the biggest part of the whole fucking uh, the match as far as I'm concerned. She was, Marina Shafir was more worried about the baddie section than she was about, you know, Cor- uh, Sky Blue or whatever. I was going to call her Cora J. They do look kind of similar, but neither here nor there. Um, in any event, it, I get there's got to be a lull in a two-hour show. This wasn't a lull. This was a huge dip. Like, if you start the roller coaster at the very tip, tip, top, and that first dip down, that's what this was. It was like straight nosedive all the way down. People were screaming and yelling their motherfucking heads off. Um, I just think that they probably should have put her with someone she being Marina Shafir with someone that was more of a veteran presence that can help lead them through this match. It just, I just, I can't say that I liked it. It was just not very good. It would have been better if it was like, I don't know, the bunny, you know, somebody who's worked a couple matches. Uh, okay. And somebody that the AEW crowd is a little bit more familiar with, at least, you know, if I went to Dynamite, I wouldn't really know who Sky Blue was. Only reason I know is because I've seen her, her name on indies. I've seen a couple of, you know, little clips of her or whatever and it's weird because i don't i hate to say that she's not good because what when i see her it's like on aw and you know she's taking the l where in other promotions any promotions she's she feels like this big superstar so i I hate to just grade her on just what i see on aw all right uh so next we had hook and dan housing i guess that's a thing zach what do you think uh, just a way to set up uh, Sonny Meese and Hook's so Hook Dynamite debut and just a way to get Dan Housen on TV. Uh, oh, there is a little bonus content on, like, uh, I don't know what it's on. I just saw it on Twitter, but uh, maybe it's not on anything. But uh, after the camera or after the, the show, or maybe the shows uh, this week, Dan Housen came out with the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> it was awesome. I he, did he, cursed William, he cursed William Regal, and it was William Regal sold the curse. Like it was like, just classic. Regal. No, it, it was, was so good. It, it did make me laugh. I'm not even a Dan Housen guy, and, and I have to admit that was one of the funnier segments I've seen all week long. Yeah, uh, so yeah, we'll have Hook's Dynamite debut, which is cool. Get them off Rampage, get them on the Dynamite. You know, they're building them up. Um, Going to feed them Tony Neese, and uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, then we had. I wish I had an audio. Uh, dr- I wish I had an audio drop that was just a shrug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. No, not a I think guy? that would go really well with. Uh, I mean, with I, th- like, I, I think he's a shrug kind of guy. I think he's fine. There's just. There's so much fucking talent on the roster. It's I know. Like, it's but like, why can't we let Hook cook for a little bit longer? I'm not saying that he's going to get a TNT title match. I'm just saying in this scenario, for me, I don't have a problem with it because I like the fact that they're they're getting these stars, they're building them up as homegrown talent organically, and slowly but surely they're starting to make the move from Rampage or Dark, Dark Elevation to Dynamite. We got Jason defending AEW against me. I like it. <laughs> uh, what's next? Uh, we had um, 
the uh, men of the year backstage, uh, Dan Lambert saying that uh, the most annoying couple in AEW is actually still in AEW, which is some, throw some shade at Brandy and Cody, even though they're not even in the promotion. I miss that. That's good. No, he did say that. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk on that for, for a second. Now, go ahead and finish the two beer, and then uh, I'll, uh, I'll go in. Basically, uh, uh, so um, running running Samu Rivera down, I guess. Uh, Gonna be it's gonna be Scorpio Sky and Tina Guevara and Battle of the Belts maybe. Um, so yeah. Is Ty and Sammy now the most, I guess, hated couple in wrestling right now? For a, a, a month ago, they were pretty hot baby faces. Even though they weren't together, they were still pretty much as crowd favorites, if you will. Well, do you remember? Do you remember being in high school and there was always like one couple that was like super making out in the halls all the time and everybody was like, get the fuck, get the fuck out of here, you fucking douchebags. Yeah. That's what Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara seem like to me. It's like nobody, like, didn't they put something up where it was like almost them fucking right. on Instagram or something? With the TNT title belt or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, that. It was after that whole thing with Lambert. But they shouldn't have put them together on TV is the thing. Like, it was fine with them being separate. The crowd turned on them as soon as they put them on Actually, TV. that is the take. That is exactly right. So what do you do with Sammy and uh, Conte now? Do, oh. Like, remember when they did that with Seth and Becky, too? And yeah. everybody was like, everybody just completely rejected it. It's like, nobody wants this. You know, no, even though it makes sense, I do I do agree with you on that. I do it's, remember it's that. Not, it's, it's different when they're both wrestlers. If it's like a valet... That's that's a completely. Why is it different? I I don't know, but it is. Don't you feel it? I, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but it just for me, what what differences makes if Randy Savage and Elizabeth want to be an off screen couple? What's the difference between them being an off screen couple and Guevara and Ty Conte doing the same thing? No, I'm saying if if the valet and the wrestler are together in real life, yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But they're a valet and wrestler. On screen, they can still be baby faces. It's when they're actually together and they're both wrestlers. It's like people don't want to see it. I don't know. I don't know. But like, it, I'd probably have to talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> we'll get on that shit. We need answers. Um, I guess my, uh, the ultimate where I'm going with this is that I think now they've kind of booked, they being AEW, kind of booked themselves into a corner with this where now the crowd is clearly rejecting any and everything Named Sammy Guevara and Ty Conte. I mean, you got to try really hard to turn Dan Lambert into a babyface. And I don't think they. Tr- I don't think they got to try that hard. I mean, you know, they are at this time they're pro men of the year or pro anybody that's going against Sammy and Ty Conte. Flipping them hill by, is the easy, you know, result. But I don't think that does anything. For I just them. think it's too early to turn Sammy Guevara heel. Yeah, they even though he's a good heel, good heel with babyface moveset, but. Uh, I think they suffered because I think their spot is the spot that Cody and Brandy were supposed to be in and Tony Khan's vision of booking. Like, uh, because they were, before they left, Dan Lambert was running down Brandy and they were setting up for, um, you know, what's her name? Paige Van Zandt. And they was probably going to tie in with like an intergender match or something. And so they were just like, oh, well, we'll just put Sammy and uh, Ty in there and they're getting the same treatments that like Brandy and Cody were like, which were essentially baby faces to get booed. Um, so yeah, they're, 
Yeah, blame Cody Rhodes. No, I'm just can we can we talk about the next segment because yeah, we can definitely move on. I have uh, thoughts about the it. The next segment was uh, yeah the uh, Shane Swerve Strickland and uh, Keith Lee versus Absolutely the Stars and Powerhouse Will Hobbs. Uh, even the referee was black for this one. But, uh, <laughs> Damn it, he took my joke. Good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I, I was I was like, man, if he says something about this referee, I'm going to fucking kick him in his fucking teeth. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking around like, what the fuck, man? Everybody's black in this match. I was thinking, I was like, man, uh, Tony Khan doesn't do a lot of things like Vince, but he sure puts all the black guys in the same angle, doesn't he? <laughs> the referee included. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen this black referee before in my life in AEW television. I was golfing with my buddy, his kid, and another kid one time, and we were all four lefties, and I was like, we have to be the only fucking foursome in the country, maybe in the world, <laughs> where all four guys are golfing left-handed. Say, get the eyes on that motherfucker. Yeah, Jesus it's the same. Christ. It's like let's let's just put all the black guys in a tag team together. Like, it's like dude, come on, come Tony Khan, <laughs> you're killing me right now. Damn it! Who's this? <laughs> who's gonna ref? Earl? Ah, uh, no, throw up. Joker me, Joker me. Come on down here. Get in the ring. <laughs> we need you down here for this match. Hey man, I ain't never refereed before. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Get take this shirt. This shirt. Put this shirt on. Go Dude's working there. in catering, right? <laughs> like, dude, that's that's he's the cutting first, the prime rib. That's the first thing <laughs> I thought about. Was like, where does this black referee come from? I've never seen a black referee in AEW in my life, and now all of a sudden, here comes the brothers, and we gotta have the black referee down there too. You really don't. I'm not going to sit up here. You you made it more obvious because when he put him down there, I'm like, what the fuck is this? If it was a I white mean, referee, I would have never blinked. It's, it's possible he thought the opposite. He's like, oh man. Yeah, the white referee will stand out. Nope. Wouldn't have thought about it, dude. Nope. I would have even You played. miscalculated, Con. <laughs> I would have even played. If you brought Bryce Rensburg down there, I'm like, all right, that's cool, man. Start this matchup. Let's get this shit going. As soon as I saw that black ref, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? There's somebody in the ring. Somebody in the ring. Get him. But, uh, but the match, the match was great. The match was, it was fucking awesome. no, it was, fire. It was good. And it was good. Speaking, of, even speaking of guys who could be baby faces or should be baby faces, man, I, I know that Ricky Starks is from New Orleans, and that's why he was getting that baby face pop. But man, he that 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 crowd was on fire for Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, and both those guys could be baby faces. I think Swerve is a natural heel, right? He just doesn't mm. strike me as a baby face. I, the, I'd, I've he's seen really him do over when he's a baby face. Yeah, I've seen him do both, and he's really over when he is a baby face. I was getting uh, maybe it's because so I, I only wanna... knew him. I only knew him from NXT and Hit Row, and I thought Hit Row was really good as a bunch of heels, and then they kind of turned baby face. But it wasn't this. I don't know. I'll just say I was it was a fun through. match, though. No, it was a fun match. The moonsault off of Keith Lee by Swerve was like. I don't. I don't understand how you even think of some shit like this. But neither here nor there. Um, oh, to break up the. Yeah, to when they're on, the th- on the outside or whatever, I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, he this? broke up a pin with a moonsault too, right? Towards the end, yeah. Was, and JR goes, well, that's an interesting way to break up a count. <laughs> the, the, the match was really good. I just don't – I don't want them to be these two – these four guys stuck in teams because really – they're all individually better off on their own versus being in the team. And totally like we, agree. And like we've said, this that, that division is so loaded. I, I get that it's all part of the angle, but 
I want to kind of move ahead from this angle and start getting these guys back onto singles uh, matches. The match was really good. We, For Keith Lee and, and Swerve to have that good of chemistry and not really being a quote-unquote tag team was the biggest surprise to me. We kind of cut Zach yeah, off I mean, when he stole my joke. Zach, what did you think about the match? <laughs> no, yeah, Maybe I stole his joke. I love, no, you, I'm I not saying he the, stole uh, yours. I love the match. And, uh, you know, as much as I agree, it's like I don't want these guys, like, quote-unquote, stuck in teams, I think they make really good teams. Um, like Jason said, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve had awesome chemistry. And, like, I'm fine with seeing them in some tag team matches because that's kind of how you get people on TV. I mean, even, like, New Japan, it's like Tai Chi and Zack Sabre are fantastic, but like Sabre's wrestling for the heavyweight belt and Tai Chi's out there, uh, you know, KOPW. doing singles matches and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to be pigeonholed, but it is cool um, to have them as a team. I think it's a good pairing. Uh, and Ricky Starks and Hobbs are also a good pairing. Man, Powerhouse Hobbs, like, if you go back like a year and look at him, like, when he debuted or like two years or whatever, and just look at the work that that guy has put into his body. Like he's he got bigger, jacked. He is if, if jacked. He, he was already big coming in. It looks like he's gotten like more muscular, defined. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. He was just a big guy before. He looked like an offensive lineman or whatever. You know, right. He probably was. But I got you know I don't know his background. Listen, to uh, Zach, try to talk uh, football. <laughs> 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 I work with a guy who did O line uh, at uh, U of O. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, but I just saw before and after pick, like, I think he posted maybe on Twitter and, uh, it was like one year difference and it was just absolutely insane. So like, I got to applaud this guy. They're obviously, that's another one. Um, you know, just younger guy, like full of potential. God, they have so Um, much, they have so much fucking talent, man. It's a loaded roster. It is a loaded fucking roster, man. I mean, cause you could see. A spot down the road where you have like a powerhouse Oz versus Keith Lee for the belt, but how far away does that feel with all the guys queued up that should have the belt at some, some point? point or another? Yeah, it's just it it's feels like it's so two or three years down the line. At least, at least, it's G- fucking crazy. Guys that need that guys that, that we feel belt. like should have the title at some point. MJF Danielson, hasn't had it. Brian uh, MJF Moxley might have to have another run. Adam Cole, baby, is going to have to have Omega's a coming back. back. So, I mean, we just named five guys right there just throwing names out before we even talked about Hobbs or Keith I bet there's Lee. a huge – I mean, we're not even talking about Adam Cole. I mean, he's – No, I said Adam Cole, oh, baby. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, but I'm, that's, yeah. The point now, is now have, it feels uh, like it's going to be a long time. Wardlow. Now, two belts, though. We got an ROH belt. Um, and as long as they make sure that that thing maintains itself as a world championship and – they hype it up and, you know, build it the same way um, that they built the AEW title. Um, you know, it can help help ease that that pain of um, folks feeling like people are not giving their uh, getting their well, you know what they deserve. Is um, for lack of a better way to say it, I know we all hate that you deserve it stuff, but you know, you just named a bunch of dudes that you think deserve the title or think could run. But really, the person that should have the belt as the person that's going to draw the most money and the most interest in the product. It doesn't matter about our personal feelings and whether or not they're our personal favorite. Let this uh, motherfucker like, book the territory. Listen to this <laughs> <listen, laughs> capitalist. What you, what, you, what you mean don't mean to don't care listen about my business, feelings? man. Let's <laughs> say, fuck you, Fitz. I mean, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, anyway. I'm a Zach uh, Sell. So, <laughs> uh, but Will Hobbs got the pin on Keith Lee, which surprised me. Yeah, I thought uh, that Ricky was, Starks was going to get the pin. Yeah. And I was, you know, just surprised because I was like, really? Like, who do you beat in this match? Because I didn't think they'd beat Starks because it's his hometown and they're not WWE. And I, I was just surprised that they beat Keith Lee. And because uh, I was like, oh, they're not going to beat Lee or Swerve. I was like, so I was like, Hobbs probably taking the pin here. And Hobbs got the pin. So. I, I'm actually. I was thinking the same thing. I was I was thinking, what a little, nice little microcosm for WWE versus AEW is that WWE's thing is that everybody loses in their hometown, right? Because Vince thinks that it gets heat. So everybody loses in their hometown. And Tony Khan is just like, ah, you guys want us to, th- oh, you guys want Samoa Joe? Ah, here's Samoa Joe. Ah, you guys want Jay Lethal? Ah, here you go. Here's Jay Lethal. Ricky starts, you know, on his, uh, in his hometown, and, and gets just, big pops. It's just fucking, it's, it's crazy that he's like, okay, you know, you're fighting in your hometown. We'll get you the W, yeah. even though if you don't get the pin, but the crowd's going to be behind you and you're going to win. All they want to see is the the, uh, the hometown boy's hand get raised. People like seeing the stuff that they want to see, you know? True story. They did beat CM Punk in Chicago, just so MJF could say that he beat CM Punk in Chicago for the rest of his life. So it's but there. somehow... That is- yeah, Contradictorly, that, is, that still seems like the right move, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what I mean. It's, that actually is the right move because, like, MJF will make sure that we never forget it. Where in WWE, it's like forgotten in two weeks. It Amen doesn't for matter. Um, so we had a, a nothing segment with uh, Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose, which just didn't make any sense. Um, like, the heel got the cake put in their face, but then he still managed to beat the shit out of the baby face. Uh, even though they were blinded by icing. This um, feud is dead I, in the water, man. Just get it over yeah, with. I was just like getting ready to say, hurry up Saturday. Yeah, oh, that, oh that's Saturday. Battle of the belt. Yeah. So it, I, that's just, that does not feel like a very big uh, main event uh, to me. So, uh, But yeah, we, then we had the best part of the, of the um, night immediately followed by Maybe the worst part of the night. <laughs> but, um, so many thoughts. We should have rushed through the first part of AEW because I have so many thoughts about this part of AEW. Okay, well then let's just jump into it. Samoa Joe wins the the TV title off of Suzuki. Bill, thoughts? Well, I want to talk about the match first between Suzuki, yeah, Minoru yeah. Suzuki, and Samoa yeah, Joe. Please. Which was basically they ran back the Hiromu... <laughs> Some Hiromu Minoru Suzuki match that we watched a couple weeks ago in New Japan. They almost ran it back exactly. Uh, it was almost scary how close and uh, almost it was. almost exactly. And I was still glued to my television. I was like, I could watch, I could watch Minoru Suzuki go back and forth chopping motherfuckers with almost anybody, almost anybody. He was smacking the. Dog shit out of Samoa Joe. I mean, like, you could see the sweat coming off. I was like, oh, but, fuck you. But I was there for it, though, man. I was fucking into it. I was like, here we go. I was like, this is fun. I was just thinking, Suzuki's been wrestling all these indie shows around the country for the last couple months. He's made a few TV appearances since then. Uh, he was in St. Louis not too long ago. or Yeah, he was. Uh, Gory Pro had him in, like, a couple months ago. And who'd he fight? Oh, Jesus Christ. KLD? No, uh, shit. Something? Oh, uh, Davey Edwards. Davey Edwards. Okay, so anyway, this guy has to be fucking loving America. Because everywhere he goes... Oh, Davey Richards, I'm sorry. Everywhere he goes, 
people just fucking love him. He just seems like he's having such a good time. It's fun to watch Minoru Suzuki, 53-year-old Minoru Suzuki, or whatever the fuck old he is, just have these matches where the first 10 minutes are dudes just, are, is him just chopping the dude and the ch- dude chopping him back. It was fucking awesome. Dude's laughing, okay? He's was fucking, fucking laughing. I'm like, both, you're fucking crazy, Both man. their chests are just beat-ass beat red. red I'm like, man, fuck that. You can't be laughing about no shit like that. What did you think about the finish? Well, post-match, obviously, Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and... All right. So, all right, I'll, I'll go first. I, I think that I'm going to suck up everybody's takes, but I think that turning out the lights to have a guy named, uh, what's his name, Samdat Singh or something like that. So I, I apologize. I wrote it down. Satnam, Satnam, S-A-T-N-A-M, Singh, S-I-N-G-H. Satnam Singh, to, have, to turn out the lights and have everybody thinking that it's probably like Cesaro or something like that. Maybe. To to have the lights come on and have it be a guy that nobody's ever seen before, bad move. You just can't do that because the crowd is never going to pop. They're, you're never going to get what you're looking for. Just have the guy sneak up in the ring or something, but don't turn the lights out so, unless it's going to be Cesaro. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I guess the, my question is, is that the, the biggest problem because we didn't know who it was? Yes, that's the biggest problem. Part two of my take here is that wrestling Twitter is fucking terrible and everybody on there just uses anything that happens to like just embolden their own already existing worldview. And for all these AEW haters to get on Twitter and talk about how this is bullshit and like, Oh, look how stupid this was. Tony Khan really dropped the ball here. This was a terrible fucking angle. It's like if they would have debuted another WWE wrestler there, you guys would have said, Oh, look at Tony Khan. He can only debut WWE wrestlers. No, he'll be done. They'll be done in three, four weeks. Right. Like who, like, uh, they, they don't book these guys enough. So Tony Khan decides to debut a homegrown guy. You know, a basketball player turned pro wrestler. Huge guy. Yeah, he's a big dude. Indian guy, so it's hard not to try. It's hard not to see uh, Great Khali when you see him because he's about. That was trending last night. I'm like, why the fuck is Great Khali trending? It's just hard not to see it for an American (laughs) audience. I'm going to make up for my real grand joke here. For the American American audience, it's hard not to see a seven-foot-four Indian dude wrestling and not think Great Khali. Because we're all we all watch Great Khali have a, Oof. I won't say hell of a career. I'll just say he had a career. Oof. <laughs> he was, a, he, was there. he was definitely there. He won the title. Um, <laughs> but they they would have been complaining about a WWE wrestler if a WWE a former WWE wrestler w- would have debuted. So I think that really the only mistake here is turning the lights out. That's the only if the lights ever would have gone out, it would have been fine. Everybody'd been like, "Who the fuck is this?" But at least Samoa Joe just beat Suzuki, and then you have, you know, Lethal and Dutt, and it's like it's an angle, but it's not an angle where you expect every time the lights go out, it's somebody big. Agreed. I just it was, yeah, I, I can't say I disagree with you with anything you just said. It just it felt very underwhelming. I guess is the word that I'm using in the sentence. Um, the match was the match. I thought, like I said, the match I thought was really good. I I would love to see them run that back. I just kind of felt like when uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus came out uh, for their match, I felt like they were going to win. 
when Suzuki came out, I was just like, oh, man, he's facing Samoa Joe. Just Samoa Joe's never won the ROH TV title. Man, fuck, he's getting ready to drop the title, which ultimately he did. But it wasn't like it was, you know, a, a shitty match or a shitty way he did it. You know, he just got beat flat out, you know. I don't have a problem with that. When the lights went out, I'm like, okay, who could this be? And I'm like, I couldn't think of anybody off the top of my head. But Cesaro, was, it should have been my first guest because it's all ROH. Cesaro has ROH ties, obviously. That should have been my first thought. When this scene guy popped up, my first thought was like, who the fuck is this, number one? And number two, he just doesn't look naturally comfortable in the ring, if that makes sense. It felt like there was, you know, some great Kali movement to it. It wasn't fluid or whatever the case may be. I'm sure all that hopefully will come in over the course of time. But to me, the everything that Bill said is on point. I can't disagree with it. It was if they wouldn't have put the lights out, I think that was kind of the the big mistake. Because I'm thinking, you know, somebody that I know is getting ready to pop out, and this is going to be a huge fucking deal. And you have the great Kali lookalike, which didn't help matters. So, but I agree with Bill. If it would have been Cesaro, people would have shit on that too. I would have been excited about it, but you know, other people would have shit on it. So Tony was probably in a damned if you do, damned you don't situation. In this scenario, it didn't work for me because. Personally, I don't know who this guy was jumping Samoa Joe until after the show went off. And then I, you know, clicked on Great Khali's trending. I'm like, why is Khali trending? It's AEW night. I don't get it. And then I see the finish. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, he does kind of look like Great Khali. Tubir, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll just echo the sentiments about the lights and say that at least – the announcers like Shivani knew who the guy was. Yeah. They weren't just like, Oh, look at this monster. Who is this monster? Cause you can just imagine Michael Cole just like saying monster over and over again. Yeah. Because he's been um, told to tell you the monster monster over and over again. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, at least they're like, Oh, this is, um, you know, wh- whatever his name is. Uh, this is him. And he's been, you know, training with QT Marshall. Not they said that, but yeah. So, uh, you know, they're making a play for the, Indian market, you know, they're going to put this seven foot three Indian guy, like he said, great Kali, you know, it's their version of like Jinder Mahal and they're going to oh, give him some. Dude, don't cuts. say that. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's well, get a, well, let's get a higher him. bar than that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're not going to give him, they're not going to give him the belt, but I'd be surprised if this dude's even as good of a wrestler or personality as gender. And I mean, that's saying something. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Uh, I don't like this gender slander. In my house, like yeah, that's maybe, what I mean. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not slandering him. No, I'm talking to I'm talking to Jason. Gender um, sucks. Whoa, <laughs> how about that? But, that's uh, worse than my real grand joke. <laughs> so, but you know, they're giving him Sanjay Dutt to be a mouthpiece, and you know, uh, uh, and Jay Lethal, who's there, and they're uh, veterans, and Sanjay Dutt is also like Indian American. I'm pretty sure he speaks the language. Uh, so yeah, they're making a play for India, and. Um, yeah, I like I, I like the idea of lethal. Listen, I'm just going to accept the fact that everybody in AEW is going to be part of some kind of collective. Like that's just the way that Tony Khan obviously likes to book. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get pissed off about it. I'm not. It's not. Gonna, I'm not gonna let it bother me anymore like it used to. I mean, NJPW kind of does the same thing. I like the idea of lethal having a heater and having a manager. I th- I think it's a cool act. I think that lethal is cool. I like the idea of him having a heater. 
if it would, I guess, yeah. Uh, Tony Khan never should turn the lights out. He never should turn the lights out. He shouldn't have turned the lights out, and the heater is supposed to keep, you know, heat on the the actual heel itself, the big-time heel. So I guess if you're going to have this sing guy, you know, take a bunch of, you know, nasty spills and pops, I guess it's going to work. Ultimately, Samoa Joe is going to have to get through sing to get through, get to, Jay Lethal, that's the way I'm looking at it. And for the record, I'm not necessarily saying that I was wrong about Jay Lethal. It just took, a, it waited a week until they finally actually had something for Jay Lethal to do. Did somebody say something about you? No, that was from last week when you guys were saying that uh, you were talking crazy, but I was saying that Jay Lethal was being uh, misused. In, uh, well, you AW. were, I mean, if, if, if you said that, you weren't the only one. Lots of people said that. There oh, were, that. That was a big criticism of AEW. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just the one that has to defend himself here, so I'm going to defend myself here. Fair enough. Anything else that we want to say about AEW? Good show. I, I, all bullshit aside, I thought this was a good show. Uh, good show. It's going to lead up to, uh, you know, Battle of the Belts on Saturday and then, you know, uh, Texas Deathmatch on Friday. You got Adam Cole, baby, winning. Two beer, who you got? Man, uh, I know Bill took uh, Cole. I'm sticking with Paige. I feel like, you know, the Texas Death Match is Paige's thing. And I think, you know, kayfabe style, he has the edge. Uh, he's on not his home turf, but he's in a familiar territory. Not saying Adam Cole can't do the hardcore, because uh, we've seen him do that as well. But, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Paige's time has not uh, peaked. Uh, just yet. I mean, a lot of people will say that he peaked with like winning the title because the chase. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think Cole's got time. Um, ultimately, I used to think that MJF was going to be the guy to take it off of Page, but now I could absolutely see uh, MJF taking it off of Punk. So that's kind of my where I'm leaning now as far as like title progression. So I think it's going to be Adam Page, Jason Tiebreaker. <sighs> Fuck my life with this shit. I mean, I didn't think about it being a Texas death match. That's a pretty good point by Two Beer Zach, but it's also kind of you know they could right. swerve you exactly, you know? exactly. Um, and and they could actually one thing I like about your take is they can actually do a title change on regular television, and I think that's very cool. When that on happens. Rampage, which would set up a, a precedent to where you might want to start having to watch Rampage on Friday nights, especially with the title match involved. I'm I'm oh, fuck man. I'm gonna take Paige just barely. I just don't think it's his time to lose the belt just yet. He could still wrestle CM Punk and then lose, and Punk could lose it to MJF to keep on the timeline that Two Beer had. Punk uh, could wrestle Adam Cole, baby, and beat Adam Cole. I just that just feels like it's now we're you know hot shy in the title. I just think that this is the one where if Cole even loses, it doesn't hurt him. He can still win the title. Paige is probably going to win. It wouldn't surprise me if Adam Cole won. Is a Texas death match no DQ? Yes. I mean, Cole's going to win. Red Dragon's going to help him win. And then Paige will have any – I mean, he's got Dark Order, I guess. Well – The Lollipop Guild. Right, and then – uh. You know, you got the tag champs that probably, you know, might come down as well. Lollipop Gill would probably be the safest bet, but I just, I don't know. I just, I got 
I think Adam Page retains. That's fair enough. Let's get to that. Freak out. One, two, three. All right, so the three count is going to be main roster shit, which I did watch almost all of this week. I, I watched mean, it. Uh, SmackDown was a little bit more interesting. Uh, I, okay, I'll start off with the good. How about that? Um, <laughs> yes, he's looking. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's like no, no. So, well, no, I, I think no. that this, I think this this is pretty good. But I have uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, Gunther, who I said I would never call him Gunther, so Walter, motherfucker, makes his SmackDown debut, makes his main roster debut. Uh, he has a, I guess. Not Marcel Bartel. Oh yeah, Marcel yeah. Bartel. Yeah. Uh, his name is now Ludwig Kaiser. And Walter or Gunther goes over a jobber. I thought that Gunther's entrance was badass. I thought it looked really cool with the big white light behind him. I don't know why they asked Gunther to lose the weight. I liked him when he was a little fatter. It just see he was so unique looking in that way. Like there's t- plenty of big guys with six packs who are. I mean, he looks svelte now, right? But he was always kind of he always kind of had some extra on him, you know. And I just thought that that looked. I, I he definitely looks better now, but for the purposes of professional wrestling, I wish he would have kept the weight on. What do you think, so Jason? Um. I want to jump back for like 30 seconds to Ludwig Walter. Kaiser. No, no, that fuck all that. That's that's <laughs> goddamn WWE. It's like you you got Austin Theory, you just can't leave that shit alone. You got to take like, his first name away. He's that's Theory like, now. I mean, that's like a that's like an 8-bit Nintendo bad guy name in like some fucking pro wrestling uh game. You say theory. Oh Jesus, it's Theory again. I can't ever beat this guy. Um did want to see the uh, Braun Baker uh, Walter match, and I saw highlights of it. And I, I got to give Braun Breaker credit. You know, he looked good. He, he beats Walter. It just, I wish that it had been more of a build because now it just feels like we're back to square one with Braun Breaker. And that way, with. But Walter's Walter, got to go out on his back. Which is fine. Build it up to it, you know, make it a deal. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not that hard. It's wrestling 101. Anyway, I did like the presentation of Walter. The fact that he, you know, squashes a jobber, that's a good start. But ultimately now, it's kind of like, okay, where are we go- Where is this going to ultimately go? We, w- I want to see him versus Roman, but it's two heels. Probably not going to happen. So from there, now what do we do? It's just, I don't want him to be on this roster to be on the roster. I want him to have some good matches, win a title, hopefully some, you know, Something that would turn up to make him a better person and, you know, better wrestler and the title elevated as well. That's wishful thinking, I'm sure. But I just don't want him on this roster just for him to be on the roster. You know, totally have him it. do something. If he's, mm-hmm. if, God forbid, if he has to fall to Roman Reigns, I would be okay with that. But just don't have him on the roster just to have him on the roster. Two beers, Zach. Uh, I will, uh, I mean, I'm happy for him that. He's in better shape, but I'll agree with you about the weight. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, he looks really good, but I'm just like, I just like uh, kind of chubby Walter. I don't like uh, Svelte Gunther. 
There was there was something that was just way more kind of kick ass about it. You know, how he you, felt like a. You know how you look at Samoa Joe. Yeah, and, and Samoa Joe doesn't. He's he's certainly not an Adonis. But, but he looks like he can fuck your shit up. I mean, if you ran into him in an alley, you'd be scared as fuck yeah, of Samoa I'm Joe. The way. <laughs> fuck that. I ain't walking. I'm running. Same the thing other with way. Walter. Yeah, same concept. I, I like the fact that he had. Not that, that I wouldn't think he would kick my ass in an alley. It's just. Yeah, it was just a little bit more intimidating when he was fat. And, he, you know, he w- he was like Keith Lee in that sense where he was agile. No, not that fat. Okay. It, I said into a sense, <laughs> motherfucker. God damn. You ain't shit this week. Fuck. Come back. I got to play the fucking cop over here. In a sense, he was like Keith Lee because he was agile like that. You don't see big guys coming off the top rope like he did with Pete Dunne to finish matches like that. That, to me, would made Walter stand out more so than anything else. Chops, number one. Agility, number two. Zach. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we'll see as we they split up Imperium. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, you got to change the names again. Um, you know, they do all this stuff, and you'll probably get to it, but, like, you know, like Raquel Gonzalez and now Raquel Rodriguez, and, like, Everybody already changes their name when they get to NXT because they want them to have like a specific WWE name, but then they bring them up to the main roster and they change it again. Like, why even do it? I just don't get it. Yeah, I just saw on Twitter right before we came on that Tommaso Ciampa is now Mario Calzone. I was getting ready to say, <laughs> <laughs> you saw the look on my face, right? I'm like, at first, I was like, I was getting ready to get pissed. I'm like, no, this is a joke. No, this is a joke. I it was, it was a riff on the joke that Zach just said, though, because I couldn't remember what what was the joke, Zach? Uh, Luigi Stromboli. Luigi Stromboli was the one going around Twitter. That's right. And I couldn't remember it, so I went with Mario Calzone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, dude, I was about to get heated. I was like, "Wait a minute!" But they this did. Is a joke. But Champa debuted at least. I mean, kind of debuted. He's been kinda. on. He's been on a couple times. But yeah. he's on Raw now, and they called him Tommaso Champa, which was a surprise. I'm I'm waiting to see. Which I think is his real name, right? I don't know if it's his, if it's his. Oh no, name Johnny Gargano is Johnny Gargano's real name. Tommaso Champa is something just a little different. Hold on, I'll find it. Anyway, keep talking. Um. Obviously, he's not going to have his full name for long. They'll change that as well. Um, I will say that. Tommaso Whitney. Yeah, right. <laughs> I will say that That's I did like the fact that they threw Ciampa in into the uh, KO Ezekiel segment just to make KO look like he's, you know, going more crazy. Like, no, motherfucker, this ain't Elias. This is Ezekiel. And, and KO is running around being the voice of reason and everybody else is like, no, no. <laughs> You're wrong. This is somebody totally different. KO's going to get Ezekiel over, though. Slowly but surely, it, it, it's probably going to happen, but it's just going it's going to take a long, scenic route to get the crowd behind this particular angle, and then from there, we'll just see what happens. So SmackDown ended with Roman basically cutting the same promo that he did on Raw, but he cut the promo saying that now he wants the Usos. He almost got caught in that Scott Steiner math for a second where he was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm one guy with two belts. He's like, but these are two guys with two belts. So sometimes when one guy has two belts, <laughs> two guys need to have and you could tell he was just struggling with it. He looks at Jimmy and Jane and he goes, 
two belts. <laughs> and I was, I, I'm like, two I was just screaming the TV. Plus two. I was like, one belt a piece. <laughs> one belt a piece. I'm like, it's so easy to get out of. I can just see him twist himself in the fucking knots. <laughs> There's two guys. They're wearing two belts. Two. No, no, no. Never mind. Forget it. It's make my head hurt. Um, but WWE. Back to WWE bullshit though. He's out there talking, and then all of a sudden Nakamura's music just plays, and Nakamura walks down there, and then they super kick Nakamura, and that's the end. Now it's going to be Reigns versus Nakamura with absolutely no story. No story at all. They just bring Nakamura down. So all you have to do to get a title shot in WWE is just interrupt the champ's promo. That's all you got to do. That's no story. That is fucking lazy. In, in their lazy defense, there was a brief snippet where Nakamura and Reigns was going to be a thing, and then they pivoted away from that, and I can't think who they but went to. But just have afterwards. Nakamura, like, not- accidentally walk into their dressing room earlier in the show or something. Just have them have some kind of problem. That's all it takes. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of story. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. They could have easily flash back and, you know, said, okay, remember this match? Nakamura versus Reigns. It was, you know... This happened here. This happened here. This is, you know, instead they just, like you said, they took the easy way out, had Nakamura come out, get super kicked in the teeth, and this is probably going to be your WrestleMania backlash match, which is fine. I mean, Nakamura is not going to win. We're setting him up, you know, to take the fall. I'm not even going to get mad about that. You know, Nakamura is who he is at this point. Plus, he resigned, so you know what you're walking into. He's making that money. He's making that money. God knows I ain't going to knock him for it. I'll just say this. The fact that they lazily put this together is the biggest problem with it. I don't have a problem with Nakamura being the next victim. Zach, you take a Nakamura at Backlash? Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another thing that happened on SmackDown, uh, Riddick Moss broke up with Happy Corbin. Crowd seemed happy for it, but it's impossible to, t- to tell if the WWE crowd is actually happy for something or booing something because they pump it all in. But I do like Mad Cat Moss, and I do think that he has a lot of upside. Zach, do you agree? Oh, totally. I mean, his gimmick is silly, uh, and I don't get why everybody has to um, like be wearing suspenders uh, if he debuted in the last six months, but uh, he's got like a really good look, and he is charismatic. Um, so I, I think he's got a lot of upsides. Like you know, just see how he performs in now, Jason, the WWE universe. Before we get Jason's opinion, I want to ask you, Zach. You kind of seem like a guy that would wear suspenders. Have you ever worn suspenders like to a wedding or something? Uh, yeah, that is like my go-to for weddings. Yeah, it's mostly because I'm fat and it's way easier than a belt. Just bunch up the dress shirt. <laughs> Have I seen you in suspenders? Have we been to a wedding together where you're wearing suspenders? I I can picture it. Maybe. Do you wear yeah. a bow tie with it? Uh, not usually, just because I don't know how to tie them. But you have, have worn a bow tie before. with it. Yes. Both you and Jason are bow tie guys. I've never worn a bow tie. Oh, shit, you act like I wanted to wear the bow tie, man. I was back in the day when uh, the, 
You look good in the bow tie, though. Dude. No, the, the bow tie I think is is hot. You know what I'm saying? It's it it's something different. It it's kind of sets you apart. I'll just tell say you what. When I'm watching Jeopardy and the guy's wearing a bow tie, I'm immediately rooting against him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all that. I'm, I'm like, like man. this guy thinks he's hot shit wearing a bow tie. He thinks he can pull that off, brother. You can't pull nah, that off. That, you look like shit. If he tied it himself, I'm definitely rooting for him. When I eventually get to Jeopardy, I'm wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. Oh, that would be badass. <laughs> God damn, that would be so badass. This is Zachary Pullman from Portland, Oregon. And what's this Bullet Club All right, you're Zach's wearing? from Portland, Oregon. How you doing, Zach Pullman? So it says here that you have a wrestling podcast. <laughs> this Every Bullet time. Club? I'd be like, I have nothing else of interest in my life. Like every time, if I win, like no matter how long my streak goes, like to plug the podcast every fifteen seconds. <laughs> Just say I the exact same thing, <laughs> right? Say, yeah, yeah. Can I make a lot of cum jokes? <laughs> this is Zach's fourteenth appearance, and I guess we're going to go ahead and plug your podcast for the fourteenth time. <laughs> But uh, with the but, but anyway, I'm glad to see Madcap Moss split up from Happy Corbin. That's I some, like the wrestler. That, I just don't like the gimmick. That's some new stuff. Lacey Evans is cutting promos, shoot promos. I guess now that was very sincere. That was like I almost feel like she's dragging me over to her side. I thought she should have been a baby face to begin with because it felt like her backstory was a, was a baby very face sincere. Story. And they were like. Tune in next week for more of her story. It's like, like holy damn. shit. This is- <laughs> what else you got? So, Lacey shit. Zach, did you cry? I I, uh, I didn't see it, but I actually remember um, a thing from a few years back when she was in NXT, and she like cut a promo in promo class. And I think it was William Regal said, like, uh, you know, essentially, like, it sounded like false. Right? He's like, you, like, come up with something, you know, like, you, you know, even like twist real world examples or whatever, you know, speak from the heart. And apparently, like, she cut this promo that had, like, everybody in tears. And it was because it was, like, true. And so, like, and then she goes up to the main roster and she's basically, like, Ric Flair's Southern Bell baby mama, like, well, be, even before like, that, on oh. on, on NXT, she had, she had, like, that 20s, like, flapper look going on or something. She wore, like, really high waisted. Yeah, it was like uh, World War Two kind of like. Yeah, like yes, like uh, Rosie the Riveter or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they they should. This is what they should be doing with her. So the fact I saw that it happened, and I I heard about it, and I'm like, awesome because she's gonna be uh, a massive this, baby. This face. could work. Once yeah. she once she talks about her dad being an alcoholic, her mom moving her all around, and then part two is about how she joined uh, the Marine Corps. Isn't she in the Marines? Yeah, something? she is a Marine. So she joins the Marine Corps, and then she has a couple tours, and then she comes back, and then becomes a wrestler. By the time they get done with these, she's gonna be the she's gonna be over as a babyface. Trust me. That's the way I thought they should have leaned into it to begin with, because you know, some Americans like people that serve their country. That to me would have been a perfect jump off point for a babyface move. That's um, just me. So I have to I have to go pee, but I'm gonna let you guys talk about this and i'm going to give you a, a topic to talk about austin theory is now just theory go okay for me this is just the most ridiculous goddamn thing in the, in the world i mean if you can't come up with something better than just Easy theory up. 
then that's a fucking problem into itself. That's just bad fucking creative. I mean, how many shitty fucking names do you come up with and now you're just going to chop off the first name and call him Theory? This is a fucking ridiculous shit. If it wasn't for the fact that him and Finn Balor are going to have a good-ass match on Monday and I'm going to assume that Finn Balor drops the title on Monday because God knows every time I look up, you see Austin Theory pinning Finn Balor in some form or fashion. It would be the dumbest fucking move now with the title on the line that Finn Bauer all of a sudden, you know, comes off the mat and when, you know, retains the title. I like Finn. He's a great talent. It's just nothing for him in WWE at this point. He has eaten one too many pins from Austin Theory, and if they don't put the title on Austin Theory at this point, hell, he had a, he had one of the best fucking WrestleMania moments with the stunner, and I forgot to talk about that. The stunners between Pac McAfee and uh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, for me, is the better stunner. He, I like a rock stunner. I want you to sell that shit, flop around like a fucking fish out of water. You know, he flew up in the air. Legs were kicking his shit. Don't get me wrong. Pat McAfee's was good. Austin Theory's was way better just because he sold the dog shit out of it. And if you're going to bring Steve Austin down there and have him stun everybody and their mama, you need to sell it and sell it like nobody's business. He did it like Scott Hall used to do it. He did it like Rock used to do it. And, he, and to me, Austin Theory did the better stunner. But back to my initial point, Austin Theory needs to win on Monday Night Raw next week just to Let's get the stink off of Finn Balor and the the U.S. title. It's long overdue. It's time to switch the title. You got fucking Vince McMahon giving him a, giving Austin Theory a goddamn endorsement. How in the hell is that going to happen? He not win the U.S. title. Yeah, I, I imagine that that is the case. Um, I mean, it's just um, the name change. Thing. Okay. I mean, this is the second let's, time we brought it up. Let me prove. Let's let's prove my point for thirty seconds. Two beer. You're in the creative guy. You're an English major. Give Austin Theory a new name. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely come up with something. Uh, I'm not gonna like jump right off the the cuff with it. Unfortunately, I'm a little slow on the uptake here today. I got one. But, I mean. Give Austin Theory a new name, Bill. Luca Brasi. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. I don't know. I don't know about uh, Theory a new name, but now that he is just called Theory, we desperately need uh, them to call up like an NXT wrestler and name him Practice, so they can have matches with Theory versus Practice. <laughs> God damn, you're horrible. <laughs> I see, that is so fucking high school 101 shit. I can't believe you even brought that shit up. You out. know what's funny, though, is that, like, theory, it's like they can't trademark the name, the word theory, can they? Why can't they? I don't know. I think for use, and you can trademark for use in wrestling or, like, for, you know, you can, like, trademark things um, for specific uses. Like, you could trademark theory as like an energy drink right so nobody else can name an energy drink theory or whatever but yeah you Shit, can't I like should have fucking trademarked it <laughs> you about to say two beer you ain't the only one slowing the uptake this week shit <laughs> um so let's let's get down to the most important thing of the week okay okay veer <laughs> i didn't think that's what you were gonna say but that's fine too no, I'm just fucking around. I, Poor uh, on, on the on on the text mess on the text message thread for the BFR guys, Jason 
earlier today, earlier this week, he's like, hey, don't forget we have New Japan to watch. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. I mean, if we can, sorry, guys, this is going to be a Veer-centric episode. (laughs) We're just going to talk about Veer forever. I will say this. I might have said this on the podcast before. Veer's Instagram is very endearing. He seems like a really fucking fun, cool dude. It's like, why not make this guy a baby Baby face? face? And it's so stupid. It's just so Vince. That they're bringing him in as a kind of like a a heathen that doesn't speak English. It's like, oh, look at this monster from the from the uh, out from a, abroad, yeah, you know? know yeah, from from uh, Skull Island, okay, you know, fair. whatever. It's like, why not bring a guy like this in as a fucking baby face? You got you He's, have a he little seems, kid. He that's seems so miles ca- to see him. He seems so Got charismatic. Thank he you. really does. I mean, Here, you, and not only that, like that dude is is as handsome or more handsome than Roman Reigns. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, let's take it easy yeah, there for a say, second. The I mean, here, Roman Reigns, say, really <laughs> handsome. Have you, have you not listened to this podcast? Do you not know that all roads that lead to Roman Reigns? He's uh, the best not, looking wrestler <laughs> ever. Have you not heard that ever before on this wrestling podcast? I'll just say I this: think that is the true WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> mentioning that someone might be more handsome than Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> about to say that was the biggest pushback on I'll the say, whole fucking I'll say this pie. though too. The guy's got great hair, dude. Just <laughs> tremendous hair. And that's that's the funny part about it. Because I was I looked at his Instagram or whatever. I'm like, damn, this motherfucker's got some fucking serious hair. Outside of that, to me, the biggest problem is is that it, it feels like they're trying to make him as a heel. When on Instagram, you can clearly see that right. he is. It's just not a. It's, it's he likes. They're to bringing be him in like he's with people. I know this guy's not actually Asian, but they're bringing him in like he's Tensai. Remember Tensai? Yes. Albert, yes. do you remember that Zach? Zach probably doesn't remember that. I don't think I was watching. When Albert came back in yeah, like, they, as an Asian wrestler, and basically? They, you know, basically. They called him back, Tensai? He came back from New Japan, and he had a big New Japan run. He had a couple pay-per-view matches against Cena. Dude, and that's what the big thing was. They put him against Cena right away, and I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, oh, Matt wait, Bloom. Never mind. I know who you are. He's still an agent yeah. in the back. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just... I was joking about all the Veer stuff, but really, they should just make him a baby, baby face. face. They, God knows they need another baby face uh, on that so roster. I went, so, Jason and I kind of, uh, we, we were talking about this on Twitter the other night, but Ms. TV opened up Raw, and uh, the guest was Cody Rhodes, now allowed to lose, use his last name. Which, God bless him. So, Jason was talking earlier about how they presented them as a big deal at WrestleMania. And we, this was definitely all the conversation leading up to WrestleMania, it, between us three at least, and also on Twitter and other podcasts and so on and so forth, was are they going to treat Cody like he's a big deal? WrestleMania, the answer is yes. The Raw afterwards, he opened up with a long promo. The answer is yes. The second Raw, he gets two entrances in the first hour both of them with massive pyro and the the I don't know what they're called the, the graphic I guess the graphics that are all over the screen are just everywhere I mean it it seemed like overkill the pyro seemed like overkill also oh, yeah. it was, <laughs> but he like, got damn. it twice and Jason, <laughs> you, you use enough the whole year's salary on this pyro <laughs> Jason I see what you're saying you were like why can't we just get a backstage segment with Miz and Cody to build up the match but the point is, is they are trying to 
make Cody a really big deal. And I have to say that right now, you got strike while the iron's hot. Cody is the hottest baby face in WWE, and it's not even close. What do you think, Zach? I think you're 100% right. Uh, I think you strike while the iron is hot, and you uh, start a program, and you build it uh, to SummerSlam. And that's like your SummerSlam main event because that's your next big show after WrestleMania. You got uh, so you're saying Cody versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. You got Nakamura, whoever. In the meantime, maybe Drew, if they want to do something after. It's four months away. I can see Jason doing the math. (laughs) It's four. It's four months away. You got three pay per views in between, and then you get you get the August pay per view. (laughs) Oh, you're fucking with me. Yeah, you have Nakamura, like Zach said, you have Nakamura fight a match. I think Drew is a really good, Drew's probably a good one. They've been quietly keeping him pretty strong, and, you know, he won this WrestleMania match, and he's a former champion, and I guess we've seen Drew Roman in a pay-per-view title match. Have we? No. I feel like we have. It's been a while. Or did we not? Now, never had Drew Roman for a title match. Now, okay, all right, that I can think of. What do you think about me and Zach saying that Cody is the biggest baby face in WWE? I, I can't really think of anybody else that is bigger at this point. I mean, Lashley's pretty big, but he's not as big. See, the thing is, like Cody is doing, he just. Even on Raw, it seems like it's its own show. You know, you know when he was on Dynamite, we were like, it just seems like the Cody show is just the Cody show. You know, it seems that way on Raw too. A little bit, yeah, but I, I think that's by it's design. The same character, it, it, it kind of is. You know what I'm saying? It, no doubt. It feels like it's by design, but I, like I said before, and I think we all said it. I think they need to do this for whatever reason you want to th- put in the uh, the explanation for. It. I think I like the Miz. More than you guys. I know I like The Miz more than Zach likes The Miz. I, I think, like Miz. Uh, yeah, I know. I think that Cody and Miz... I like him. I think he's a shit wrestler. But, right. But. You always say that he wrestles in slow motion yeah, or he's, underwater. He's, no, he's safe. So, but Cody and Miz sitting in the ring doing a promo together. And The Miz correcting Cody on saying when Cody calls it a belt... And Miz says it's a title. A belt holds up your pants. Now I don't think that was I don't think they were improvising, but I think they probably got together beforehand and Cody was like, I'll call it a belt and you correct me. Because so, supposedly all this is like scripted and that's Cody's gimmick, is that he's the guy like he's AEW Cody calling stuff by what it is. Like that's like Vince approved as far that's what like Meltzer reported at least. So I saw a tweet last night that said Cody is doing an AEW gimmick in WWE and Chris Jericho is doing a WWE gimmick in AEW. I can, I totally agree with that. Totally That's, agree with that. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. No, it's it's goddamn comedy when you say it like that because it's totally 100% accurate. I did That's trip so off of, funny. I did trip off of uh, Miz saying, you know, it's not a belt, it's a title, you know, we're not wrestlers, we're superstars. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, 
I didn't trip off of when he, Cody said it. I tripped off when Miz made it a point to correct him. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like that dynamic. Those are two. Those are two dudes that's cool to have in the ring together, though. With this dynamic at this point, yeah, Miz is not. I'm not asking Miz to be a gatekeeper for the WWE title. I don't want Cody to wrestle for the WWE title title right away. I want him to wrestle Seth at WrestleMania. I want them to have the rematch. And then you build Cody up to if we're going to do SummerSlam as the title for the title against Roman Reigns. I don't know if it's going to be double title. My guess is probably not. If I had to guess, they're going to do off and on where you have a SmackDown wrestler, Nakamura in this case, wrestle for the Universal title at Backlash. A Raw wrestler, the following month, wrestle for the uh, the Raw Championship, SmackDown Raw, SmackDown so, Raw. So let me ask Tubier about this. Cody is not really treating Seth Rollins like he's a heel. Cody is treating him, treating him as somebody that he respects and as somebody that he likes even. Now, Seth, yeah. Seth does that whole thing where he comes down and he laughs and <laughs> – like I said last week, very Chad Rogers. But he comes down and he laughs. You said Chad Rogers. That's great. And, sorry for the inside jokes. But Cody respects Seth. And then, so is there a possibility? Is there a possibility? And this is total fantasy booking. That we see a double turn. Zach. Oh, I mean, that's fun. I never thought about that. Real quick before I answer, hopefully give me time to think, I just want to point out the similarities between Cody and Miz. They both have uh, reality TV shows with very hot wives, and both of their dads are blue-collar heroes. So it is very fitting that they would put them together. Son of a Uh, plumber. (laughs) Son of a plumber, and then the sandwich artist of Cincinnati or wherever he's from. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, I do think that initially you're going to have, um, you know, Cody Rhodes getting big pops because that's just what happens anyway. So naturally he's going to have, like, you know, baby face uh, reactions. Um, you can get reactions, like, either way, though. I mean, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I My initial knee-jerk reaction says no, but it could be fun because – but Cody just had – one of his big problems in AEW was that he was getting booed, and he didn't want to be getting booed. He was getting, like, the wrong reaction. So I feel like maybe, hopefully, they kind of just kind of go where the fans tell them to go um, in that regard. Because so, he didn't want to turn heel in AEW because he was, like, kind of a face of the company, and he did the cherry work, and it was, like, kind of a point of contention. He didn't want to turn heel, and Could- the fans were booing him. and. I just think so. WWE is a totally different dynamic. I, I, I think that if Cody didn't want to go heel in AEW, it had something to do with his hang-up about AEW. I think that he would probably have no problem going heel in WWE. Now, that's just me. The other thing I was going to say, I completely forgot. So go ahead, Jason. The double heel move is... Double turn. turn double turn. Uh, it's kind of tricky in this scenario because... I, I agree with Two Beer. I really think that Cody wants to come over and feel the love. You know, the way he left wasn't necessarily on the best of terms for him. And the way he's come back 
has been a complete opposite. He's been booked strong. Fans are invested. I think I he think, was kind of mad about the way people treated his wife. There's there's several reasons he could have left. You know, uh, he was Will Smith. He was Will Smith, and he let you know he had to defend his wife. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> uh, he just didn't smoke anybody on national TV while doing it. Um, Seth, right now, it feels like he's a tweener, but I mean, he. The crowd loves him. When he comes out, they sing his song. They're investing in his match. To do a double turn could work. I just don't think it's you, tough to do. A and B, I don't think you need to do it. Could Seth turn face and face Roman Reigns again? Sure. The problem is, is that I don't think you could do a heel Cody and a heel Roman Reigns and get the crowd invested into that. My whole thing is... I thought about this earlier, and then I was like, no, but it's a fun question. But the reason I thought no is because now is not the time to turn Cody heel. Hell no. At all. Hell no. But it might be the time to turn Seth face, though, because Seth came out the night after WrestleMania and just shook his hand. Baby face move. Last night. Yeah, totally. Last night. Or Monday night when Seth came out, he said the only he's like you had a huge advantage because you knew who you were fighting, and kayfabe style he knew Seth had no idea who was fighting, so he couldn't have gone over tape or whatever they have to do in kayfabe, you know. So that that was a legitimate point by Seth, and then they shook hands again, and they there was no physicality. That's ba- I, I know where you're going with this. That's, I'm, I'm just saying that's babyface shit. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm waiting for the, the knife that's behind Seth Rollins' back. What do you mean? That this is this looks babyface? Yeah. I, I think oh, this is by design. Oh, yes. Where oh, now that's the only way it could go. And it could totally go that way. It might not leave for a Seth Rollins' win, I but s- somewhere before now and the actual WrestleMania backlash match, you're going to see a heel Seth Rollins' I'll tell Rollins you what, though. Again. I'm fucking watching that match live because I do not want it to get spoiled for me, and that sounds like a fun match. And their first match, which I rewatched the other night, was so fucking good. Like, so good. Like, the best... the best WWE match that they've had in a long fucking time. I was worried about them coming after Bianca and Becky. And, and Bianca and Becky was, was a banger, man. Yeah. Just a fucking... By the end, I was like, who's following these two jokers? No <laughs> shit. <laughs> you motherfuckers into trouble. I and like the Ron, fact Ron that... it comes down looking like fucking she broke her oh, bunts and burner in chemistry and she's like, don't give a damn about my reputation. <laughs> it's like, get the fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fuck over... Her. I'm know, so man. over she her and Charlotte. So I don't care who wins at this point. Just somebody win and let's move the fuck along. All right. That is brutal. So, I don't think there's much more that we have to talk about with the main roster. Sonya Deville gets another title shot. Sonya Deville gets another title shot. Uh, Damian Priest and AJ, like their match just kind of ended. Fuck? Yeah, it just ends. It, Come was, on, guys. it was stupid. I'm trying with. I'm trying with. I, I need to see a pin. Or something, the bell needs to ring. You can't just have the lights turn black light and Damien Priest is wearing fucking weird contacts. Have some you can't lightning do it. come out of his ass or something. I don't no, care. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't That's want that. not enough. That's not that. enough to stop the match. That was like my last bout of COVID. <laughs> okay. So at that point, we stop in the match. That's all I'm saying. Just give me a reason to believe 
that this is actually happening. I'm trying with this edge faction. It is off to a bumpy start. All right. Let's uh oh, one more thing I want to say. Butch versus Xavier Woods. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh Xavier Woods might be my least favorite babyface promo in the biz ever. Ever. That's why you that's why he blocked you on Twitter. Talking shit. <laughs> well, he blocked me on Twitter because I was talking about Paige and Brad Maddox. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're talking shit. Let that man create. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's get to that. That'll do it for our three count. That man's an artist. <laughs> Hey, time to talk about our sponsors. We ain't got no sponsors. Let's get those odds and ends. All right. Uh, so let's talk about <laughs> New Japan Hyper Battle. Uh, about the pee about So, pants. Zach, where are you at in the Hyper Battle right now as you're watching it? Uh, my brand new Xbox oh, uh, like, ended up uh, out of the browser, like, restarted, like, three matches in and I just like gave up on it. So I'm going to watch it later on like my fire stick. So, all right. Well, Jason and I are going to talk about like, you've seen it. Spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, but I want to talk about four matches. Okay. I want to talk about evil Hiromu, Goto and Yoshihashi versus great Okan and Jeff Cobb, uh, show versus Despy and Sabre jr. Versus Okada evil versus Hiromu. I watched this against my better judgment. I knew that House of Torture was going to get involved, and I was like, well, you know, Evil had a pretty good match in New Japan. Maybe he'll have a good match here with Hiromu. Nope, it was not a good match. <laughs> it was uh, a bunch of House of Torture bullshit. Evil ends up going over Hiromu, which I guess I should have seen coming because Evil is the heavyweight. I don't know. I didn't like this. I didn't care for it, Jason. What do you think? I'd see why you give Hiromu a little... I guess leeway to to say that he could win this match. Obviously, he beat Evil in the New Japan Cup. He beat Suzuki in the New Japan Cup, and then ultimately lost to Shingo, which there is no shame in that. Nope. Um, so at that point, you know he's won the New Japan Cup. He's pinned um, Evil in you know preview matches leading into the title match. So they at least gave you the hope of hopes to where Hiromu could actually take the title. But like you said, House of Torture, their fuckery is so much that even when I was watching the match, I'm like, man, you know, I wish LIJ would. This would be a time where LIJ could come out. I would wish they would come out, but that's just not what they do. They're not a true babyface faction. They're more of a heel-ish faction, tweeter faction, however you want to call it. So they never came out. Sonata, you know, Another quick spoiler alert. He's got to drop the uh, U.S. title due to the damage done to him by Will Ospreay. So it was just like one less person for LIJ to have come out to help Hiromu. Hiromu did what he could in this scenario, but ultimately it's just I'll – I'll give the match this. When they got House of Torture out of the way and it became a singles match for like the last five, ten minutes, that was the best part of the match. Yeah, but you've already – I mean, you've already put the toothpaste it's in my mouth I, while yeah. I'm drinking the orange juice. No, it's I, like the rest of the orange juice isn't going to taste good. I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with that, okay? That's another metaphor for you over there, English major. Uh, Love it. Tama Tonga comes out afterwards, or Tonga Loa. I 
No, it's Tonga I don't, Tonga. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> they ain't white. <laughs> so we, you know, we got you got problems with the white guys in tag teams, but they ain't black. So the black guys, I know. Okay, so what's the excuse for not getting the Samoans? You know, they look the exact. Those two, they're they, brothers. Okay, so they look the exact they, same. They look more of my side than they are on your side. You should be able to tell these two guys apart. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. Jesus Christ. You think because they look blacker more than they look white? For you, I can't tell the white guys apart. But you can tell the black tag teams apart. I definitely can. They slide over to my side of the scale more than they are on yours. That's how unracist I am. (laughs) What's that Rio Grande joke that you said? (laughs) That was funny. About the Puerto Rican. That was funny. Puerto Rican Americans who live in New York. (laughs) That was... Oh shit! Are they Puerto Rican? <laughs> yes, they're Puerto Rican. Uh, I'm cutting it out. I'm cutting it out. Uh, so uh, shit. So, but that's fun. I I like having Tamatanga and Tongaloa against Evil in a feud because they should because they you know oh, Evil turned on them. You know, turned on Jado. I like. I was thinking about this today in the shower when I was uh, getting ready for work. And I watched this match again, um, like th- three or four years ago, when Bullet Club broke up, and like the the Tongans turned on the Elite. That's uh, Omega, the Bucks, whomever the case may be. I thought that was going to be a time where Tomatonga was going to kind of you know explode a little bit and be the leader of this um, separate Bullet Club faction. At that point, it, for whatever reason, I can't remember why it kind of fell apart. Two beer, do you remember why it felt? Did, did, uh, did was that when AEW started to happen? Because it felt like that was going to be a storyline, and then for whatever reason, they kind of went away from it. Was that when AEW started? Do you remember? I don't know. I don't remember the timing. Okay, so anyway, just to fast forward to the hyper battle portion of the program, I don't have a problem with. Tama Tonga coming up as the next challenger. It makes storyline sense, number one, because obviously Evil was a part of Bullet Club, you know, ousting uh, Gorillas of Destiny and Jado. And number two, I think this it's just been, you know, time long enough to where now we can get Tama Tonga a singles, you know, a nice little singles run. Even if he wins the title, I think that would even be cherry on top of the cake. Hell, the man's beating Okada. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, at this point, you know, evil should be a not a break per se, but just, you know, someone that you can see that he can legitimately beat again and win the never open way title. From there, if he doesn't do it, Tonga Loa might be a nice little backup. He had a uh, nice little G1 run. He had a nice little uh, New Japan uh I'm sorry. After what these? Yeah, he was in the New Japan Cup. He had um, a couple of good matches after the fact. So in that scenario, if Tonga Loa is the next guy behind Tama Tonga, that's fine. Me personally, I would love to see Tama Tonga beat Evil just because number one, I can't stand House of Torture slash Evil, and number two, Tonga Loa feels like a guy that's been on the cusp of actually breaking out and just hasn't done it for whatever reason. I mean, shit, at the time, New Japan was freaking loaded. You know, you had Bullet Club basically running the roost with AJ, uh, Kenny, and, you know, 
the longest reigning IWGP champion and Omega or uh, Okada running around, you really never had a chance for Tomatonga to get in. Now, I think this might be a foot time where he can get a foot in the door, beat Evil, and have a you know start his own little uh, neverweight title run. So we have a new tag team champions. Yeah, um, Cobb and Great Okan go over Goto and Yoshihashi. So, Goto and Yoshihashi, as feel-good as that win was at, was it Wrestle Kingdom? Yes. They were kind of transitional champions. Just in the sense that I really, they really didn't feel like the dominant champions like they were when they were the sixth man with uh, Tomoru Ishii. Um Obviously, they you know they set the record for most title defenses as uh, a six man team. This felt like it was kind of a spin off off of that, but it never really felt like they were that good of a team. I was kind of waiting for somebody to kind of come along and take the tiles away from. When I heard it was going to be Great O'Con versus Jeff Cobb, I was kind of like, okay, this feels like this would be the team to do it. Anything with Jeff Cobb in, and I'm I'm always you know on board for it because I think. He should have been the one to challenge Okada. We'll talk about that here I in agree. a second. But the fact that he He fucking rules. The fact that they have him in as a tag team now with Okada might have to put that on pause for a little bit until we figure out what's gonna happen. Tour of the Islands. One of one of my favorite finishers and is safe as fuck. Only been kicked out of once, once. by Okada, right? Yeah. And that at that point, you know, that that's his, his strongest finisher is you have in the game. Hell, even the uh, end of days got kicked out by Drew over uh, WrestleMania weekend. So. I don't want to talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thoughts on the tag title change, Zach? I think it's good. I think the Empire is much more of a uh, fresh, um, you know, much more of a money group than, you know, chaos. Um, which, you know, Chaos are going to be fan favorites and, like, right there. But, I mean, absolutely, um, the Empire, especially coming up with, uh, you know, Windy City, City Riot, Riot, which I'm really, really, like, maybe regretting. Like, uh, Are you guys going together? A, He's not going. No, I I just I gave him my tickets because I uh, just couldn't travel. I just didn't, it was just a lot and a lot of money and a lot of like sure. time and I was going to be exhausted. We had people that were in town like all week visiting and then I was going to have like two days and then I was going to go and travel for the weekend. It was just going to be like way too much. So, but the card looks awesome. So what I'm yeah, getting at is Osprey and Moxley. I guess if you don't like, love wrestling, that's a lot of money. Leave <laughs> <laughs> that man alone. You got kids. So, well, I went to book my flight, and the flights had gone up. I got riders the over seat, here. The only seat available was uh, it was like in the middle of two other seats, right next to the bathroom, like for the five a.m. flight back. And I was like, I can't spend three hundred dollars on that. Like, just I'm going to have a miserable time. So I didn't do it. But uh, but what I was saying is with Osprey and Moxley, and you have you know the United Empire, maybe maybe we get a little Blackpool Combat Club United Empire action on like AW or Strong or something. Are you so, so what? You're you're not in. Oh my god, dude! I can't even. Believe- that sounds awesome. Are you being no, sarcastic? Yeah, he's 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 being sarcastic. No, I'm not. 
Blackpool Combat, Combat Club? Club versus the United Empire, Osprey, Okan, Jeff Cobb. You think I'm being sarcastic about that? You got you were over here snoring like thirty seconds no, ago. No, I was just like, oh my god. I was like that. I was like that Antonio Banderas meme where he's just like, oh god, like it's, it's, so, like, it's like it's like it's so good. No, I'm not being sarcastic. No, I want to see Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb versus Daniel Bryan. Did, did and it not fucking- sound like he was snoring? Yes or no? Thank you. Just, Thank just you. Audio-wise. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was I was blowing out. I was doing what my daughter does. I was raspberry. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, I was like, God I damn, yeah. that sounds fucking awesome. That's what I'm talking about. That that to me Are is you a, kidding me. I, dude, look. I can't believe you guys thought I was being sarcastic there. Look. I I want Weird New Japan and a- I want New Japan and AEW to have a fucking open relationship. I want them well, to be polyamorous. They no, obviously, I they are. Yes, but that sounds fucking sweet. Yeah, are you I, kidding me? I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see. Je- I want to see Jeff Cobb and John Moxley fight. Did they have them in the G one? Mm, yeah, we probably did. I should probably go back and watch that. Okay, see, you're welcome. Uh, no, I think AEW. Right. I, didn't mean the, I didn't mean to I th- make. I didn't mean to grind the conversation to a halt. Did, I was, I was the actually, shit out of me. No, I was like, I was into it. Okay, I was getting ready to say because that sounds fucking amazing right now. That great way to get real Wheeler Yuta over again, and the fact you got six nah, really good athletes that in sounds, the ring. That yeah, sounds that, amazing. That would be absolutely. I want great. to see Brian Danielson. Zach Saber at Jr. Karukan Hall, I I, I want to see him at uh, the Tokyo Dome. I want to see Brian Danielson everywhere. I want to see him fight everybody. I'd like to see him do one tour of New Japan before you. I'd love to see him do a G one. Yeah, just give me a G one. Yeah, don't even give me a Wrestle Kingdom. Give me give a G one. Yeah, if you can give, if you can hold him for a month. We bring let, back. let him do a round robin. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll send him back real quick. We promise. But Psyched I think that says that. something that, uh, in the uh, the grand scheme of things that just needs to be done. Uh, up next was obviously two of the best three super junior or junior. Wait, well, best of super juniors getting ready to come up, but uh, but show and Despy are not thought. Huh? Better than I thought. Oh, I kind of expect. Desperado has never really had a bad match that I've ever seen. Not that I can think of. And with Hiromu, they are definitely, those are the one, two, three in that division. Ishimura, I, I would put before Shell. Would you? Really? In, 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 no in, partic- of, in no particular order. In terms of storytelling? I don't know. Show, 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 show's show a little bit more methodical. Show has his own way of telling his story, and it's just, it, to me, it's just convoluted because it's with the house of torture. Let's when bring, he comes out, it's just like, oh my god, fair fuck. enough. Let's bring two beer in here. Two beer. What do you think? For show versus Ishimori, like who's better? No, just, just, just do you the think, whole division. Who do I you mean, think Her- of the is the best. And then you got El Desperado, and then it's probably between Show and Ishimori, right? Yeah, because everybody thinks El Desperado's the second. ELP best. might be a conversation to yeah, be had. Fantasmo, yeah, he's pretty good too. He's pretty good. Yeah, I would edge Ishimori over Show, but I, I mean, Show's still young. Ishimori's been doing it for a while. So, don't get me wrong, Show will be. Nah, I think the, he's badass. He'll, no, he'll he'll win the title at some point. I just don't think right now is just not the time. Despy goes over though. Also, it's a it's a great quick. match. At the end of the match, Ishimori comes out, lights go out, 
Lights come back on. There's some redheaded guy standing in the middle of the ring. His name is something, Akira? Francisco? Francisco Akira? Is well, that right? Sounds right. I was about to say, I guess his nickname is the Fireball. I didn't, right. This is the first time I even seen him, so I was just kind of like, My nickname right. is Rumpelman. <laughs> 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 Nasty ass shit. So, but yeah, he stood there and he said, I'll see you at Best of the Super Juniors to Ishimori and uh, Desperado. And then, and then he just left. It was pretty weird, and Kevin Kelly didn't even know who he was. That's where I was kind of surprised that this wasn't, unless Kevin Kelly's just playing dumb, which it, it could didn't be. Seem, didn't yeah. seem like he was playing dumb. Kevin Kelly's usually on point, so that's why I'm going to give him the It didn't seem like he was playing dumb. It seemed like he did not, not know, know who, who that was. dude was. But uh, Chris Charlton was like, you know, this is so-and-so. Yeah, but Chris Charlton... Knows everybody. everybody. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. I Kevin just, Kelly's pretty laser-focused on NJPW. And that's why I'm just kind of like, how is this not going to go through you? Or are you just playing silly? Like, Anyway, this kid looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid stop. from Licorice Pizza. He looks like he's stop. 15. He had zits. Stop. He had fucking zits. Stop. I'm not making fun of people with zits. I'm just saying he looked young. Jesus Christ. All right. Man, he ain't had a match in the ring yet. Zach, go find it and tell me this guy doesn't look young. And then finally... When you get a chance, okay, just go fast forward to the end. Just make this man happy. Finally, we had what I've been looking forward to was Okada versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Lasted 29 minutes and 50 seconds. Perfect time. I don't think it should have went more than 35, 40 minutes. I always... Well, 35, 40 minutes. I, I always say that, like, if it goes over 30 minutes, it better be epic. This was epic to me. Yeah. I put my phone down. I didn't pay attention to work. <laughs> <laughs> you the stock market is crashing Abby. I'll g- give me 30 minutes. Abby, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll still be richer than me. <laughs> about to say, you lost 10 grand. Cry me a river, bitch. I watched... All 30 minutes, pretty much straight through. Might have answered a couple emails in there. You, know, you got to do what you got to do. I love this match. I could watch Zack Sabre Jr. fight for an hour straight. He's my favorite. I've said this a long time ago. Every time he has a match, the other guy has a Zack Sabre Jr. match. He doesn't have the other guy match. Every Zack Sabre Jr. match is a Zack Sabre Jr. match. He doesn't have a Okada match. And Okada, Okada okay, okay. Okada's a chameleon. He can he can wrestle different styles. But when Zack Sabre Jr. fights a big guy, it's still a Zack Sabre Jr. match. Yeah, for sure. Breaking him down, twisting him up like a little freaking pretzel. And just like every Zack Sabre Jr. match, I watched this one, and I was like, did they plan all these reversals <laughs> backstage? Because it's just reversal, reversal. And then he starts doing all these weird submission moves, and it's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I thought He's incredible. When- if you're watching... Ham, what? Have you ever watched Zack Sabre Jr.? I don't know. I don't know. He will. He, you will fucking love this dude, man. It's when he just had submission, Okada, submission, 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 submission. Yeah, he had Okada in the ring. Uh, the what is it? The uh, Saturn rings or well, the rings of Saturn? I'm sorry. I, I guess halfway through the match, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, this is it. If Zack Sabre Jr. is going to win, it's going to happen right now. That one. That one he does where he chokes him out, where he's standing up. 
That is so fucking weird, dude. It's just, it's and every time I think everybody I've sells them like everything. they got shot by an elephant gun, too. Right. It's so fucking funny. Every time I think I've seen all the submissions ZSJ has, he pulls out another one, or he twists the leg this way, or he manipulates the fingers this way. It's so original. Every single time. Two beers, Zach. This do you have is any the time I thought I, uh, that ZSJ was going to take it. Two beers, Zach. Do you have any thoughts on this match that you haven't watched? Uh, do you think that that translates to the bedroom? Like he just gets in there and he's just twisting bitches up, like doing all kinds of crazy shit. David Patterson put on Friends of BFR during WrestleMania. He goes, "This reminds me of my favorite thing that Bill Vey said to me at the Royal Rumble." Which is, I bet Montez Ford and Bianca Belair have the most athletic sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to Dave Bears, and I was like, did I say that? I, like, I do not remember saying that. <laughs> must, yeah. must have been the gummy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, had, uh, I, I, I was actually pretty proud of my comments on that one. I said uh, that they 69 standing up, and he's the one that's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good joke. <laughs> and I was like, I'm dying. Uh, every time that uh, every time that he penetrates her, it starts with a frog splash, like twenty feet up before he <laughs> penetrates her. Jesus Christ! Silly as fuck. Here's the thing: Montez Ford will carry this company someday. God, I hope you're right. He really will. No, and I don't think he's going to carry. I think Montez Ford being on top and Bianca Belair being on top at the same time sounds pretty fucking cool. Just don't put them together because people will they will react. Uh, we learned that tonight, and that's something I've never really thought of. But I kind of need to dig deeper. Can we? Can you keep them away? I mean, I, I think we all know. Actually, let's let's just finish with New Japan first, and then we can sidebar to this in a second. So Naito comes, Okada calls out We're at like Naito. Two and a half hours, man. This is such a fucking long podcast. I just got back. Deal with it. Okada calls out Naito. They're going to have a third match at Wrestle Dakatu, I guess, coming up here in May, May fourth, yeah, May fifth. Okay, that's where I was going to ask you. I'm, you know how I'm feeling about this. I don't want to see this at all. No, I don't want to see it at all. It's like that's fine. Have a rubber match. Put, make it at Wrestle Kingdom or something, or put it down the it's just line. Too, it's too many Okada Naito it, matches in one club. Three in like the last six months or something. It's, it's less time than that. It's three this year. Yeah. I don't want to see Naito Okada again. No. Right now. No. I would have much rather fucking Cobb yes. come out or something. Something. Osprey. Anybody. They got to sell. Anybody. I don't want to see this match. Abushi. That's the one I always thought he was going to call out, and he called out Naito. I'm like, okay, I get it, but no, not a fan. So Abushi must still be hurt. I'm guessing. Yeah. G1 is going to come up. Omega. Moxley. Somebody but Naito. Somebody but Naito. And this is coming from. The number, biggest, number yeah. one Naito mark that <laughs> okay. there is, dude. I kicked some shit. The cats are like, man, what the fuck's wrong with you, nigga? Damn. <laughs> I thought you liked Naito. I do. I just All right. So this. if you haven't seen the Zack Sabre Jr. and Okada match, I can't recommend it more. 
I'm not saying it's going to be a match of the year candidate at the end of the year. I'm just not saying it's not going to be a match of the year candidate at the end of the year. <laughs> it was pretty solid. Because once I watch it again, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to see shit that I didn't see the first time because I was working. Yeah, it was, it was pretty solid. I thought for something that I didn't have a lot of interest in, I thought the title matches were all really good. Minus, I guess, Evil and Hiromu just because it was the House of Torture just, ugh, they were like a boil on my ass. This is banned from ringside. All right, you said there was one more thing you wanted to talk about? Uh, just real quick on Montez Ford, and I know everybody, you know, people think he's going to be the next, you know, Everybody's big superstar. Everybody's high on him. I'm not disagreeing and with And they that. should be high on him. Okay, but we do know that Bianca and Montez Ford are married. I don't know how you can keep them separate on screen. Well, At some point, it with, they're, they're doing it with Seth and Becky right now. Okay, but they, they just never put them together. I don't just, think you, just say yeah, Bill. That's a good point. Yeah, Bill. That's a good point. All right, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we got some birthdays this week. Lita is forty-seven. Brian Adams. Lita's forty. Jesus Christ. Okay, she's forty-seven. Brian Adams. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, got a big shout out in Undertaker's Hall of Fame ceremony speech. Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Uh, I thought it was weird that he was wearing the microphone on his head yeah, like yeah, he was Tony the, Robbins or yeah, some that, shit. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing I was <laughs> He looks like a I didn't watch it, but I saw it. <laughs> I was like, is this Joel Osteen over here? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did look like Joel Osteen. Osteen. Uh, the the Shad Gaspard thing, like, got me. Made me cry. Yeah. Like, got, it, that, it was fucking. I was about to say, I didn't watch the Taker speech, obviously, but I did w- watch the Shad Gaspard uh Induction speech. It was it was Ugh. it was powerful. Uh, the aforementioned Maria Shafir is thirty four. Austin Aries, the canceled, <laughs> the Me Too. No, it's a good Austin say, Aries. Uh, he's over in uh, control your narrative, man. He's doing just fine. Oh yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that promotion sounds like it's doing great. Uh, Georgie Animal Steel would have been eighty five. Vicky Guerrero is 54. God love you, Vicky. God, she's... Keep screaming at that mic, girl. Yeah, she's good. She is good. Uh, Paul London is 42. He's my age. Mia Yim is 33, 33, a.k.a. Jade. Who, who is Mia Yim? Oh, Maki Ito. Uh, Maki Ito is coming over from Tokyo uh, Joshi Pro Wrestling to wrestle uh, Mia Yim sometime in the next couple months. Didn't understand. She's going to be the in first Portland next year. I'm going to go four, here. 20 words you said. Jesus What'd Christ. you say, Zach? I said uh, she's going to be in Portland. I'm going to go see her at the Roseland Theater. That's what's up. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Would have been 68. That's my parents' age. One of the best heels that never won the world title. Yeah, he was shit in the ring, though. I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't shit in the ring. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler. One of the best, still alive. One of the best enhancement talents that we have. Sixty-one, Kurt Hawkins, aka, oh, what's his name in uh, Impact now? It's his real name. Shit, that's pathetic. How the fuck are you gonna say it's pathetic? What'd you say? <laughs> no, Brian Rose, right? Brian Myers. Brian Myers. Myers. Yeah, of course. Of course. Everybody knew that. Yeah. <laughs> you have a wrestling podcast, dude. You don't know that shit? I'm sorry. I haven't watched it three weeks. And Garrett Bischoff, I had to put this one down here because I do not remember Garrett Bischoff. I might have said the exact same thing last year. Who the fuck is Garrett Bischoff? And he had a run in WCW? Yeah, a little bit. He's 38. So how young was he? He must have been fucking 18. Yeah, he was pretty young at the time. I was about to say Tinder probably remember that bad boy. 
Oh, I bet he does. Totally. <laughs> hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Kevin Slamilton Hamilton sitting right next to me in the Check. entire time. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. Check. For Patriot Pat. Check. For Sideways in Time. Check. Podcast for Tinder Hall for Grandel Wrestling. Triple Go check. look it up. Grandel Wrestling, TikTok. April 30th. Tick tock. Jason TikTok. and I will be there. For two beers, Zach Pullman check. for Vice. Check. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Konnichiwa, I bitches. am Bill Vagie. And everybody, never forget to tip your bartenders. Check. Black Lives Matter check. and boo the heels. Boo.